Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Odin's Movie Vlog. I am the critic who is a cynic. Hope we're doing well, and today we have a very special, special episode because it is indeed the Patreon stream. It is my chosen of Valhalla, and today my chosen include Laura. Ryan stole my fan fiction story. Laura, how are you doing today? Really good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Of course. Well, thank you so much for being so supportive of the channel and uh, oh, for being welcome. here as well, for taking time. And also joining me today is Mr. Outpost Dyer himself, Kyle. How's Bel it going, Odin? Belote, right? Kyle Belote. Yes, Belote. Mm -hmm. Boom. All right. Kyle Belote. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good. I'm still waking up. I've got my coffee right here. I think I've got my Tylenol. Somewhere around here, but yeah, <laughs> coffee and Tylenol. It is. I think my walker is just out of reach, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny that you mentioned that because today is also a special day because it is Kyle's birthday, and Kyle wanted to share something with you guys as far as numbers are concerned. So, Kyle, what you guys say? So, uh, I'm not going to tell you my how old I am, but I'll tell you what. I'll let you guess. I'll let you guess. How about that? If anyone guesses it, I'll reveal it. But Boom. No right. no spammers, all right? You can't just start spamming all the numbers. <laughs> so how old do you think I am? Ooh. All right. Well, since the chat's going to be jumping on that, uh, we got some names there. I'm going to yeah. say 35. Good guess. Okay. You could do like a price is right, higher or lower kind of thing. Mm. <laughs> Someone says, oh, I think that would be starting to give it away, though, if I, I start saying anything. I think mm. that I think that uh, Slicer Neons has the closest. He has negative zero. I think that that sounds right to me. That's pretty close. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty accurate. And not only that, not only is it Cal's birthday, but also it's the day that his newest book has been released as well, which is why we have a link going on in the chat. Uh, Tina, I think the link that I sent you is not the so I think the way it translated onto YouTube didn't work out. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send it Tina over on our uh, let's see over on our little uh, chat with the Valkyries. So that way hopefully it shows up correctly. There we go. So uh, Tina, I just sent it over there. If you just click on it first and then take that link and turn it into that, then it should show up correctly. Because right now it's showing up as like a YouTube. There it is. Steph's got it. All right, Steph's got it. Perfect. Oh, they're already on top of things. That's why I love my Valks. Alrighty, so we got, of course, a lot of things going on today. We've got a birthday, we've got a book release as well, and also this is Laura's first time on the channel as well because she was supposed to be here for the last Patreon stream, but unfortunately something came up. So we'll start off with Laura uh, before we get into Kyle and the book and the birthday and everything like that. We see a bunch of numbers still going on in the chat. We got as high <laughs> as 40, we've got like 32, 33. Oh, man, I think I'm 40. <laughs> I know, right? Uh Oh, we know it's not 40. Okay. Well, well, no, but then again, they're like 25. So, I mean. Dion, yeah, Dion says 25 and holding. That's right. <laughs> Always holding. Oh, Hold that, the line. If that was the only way, if like you could reach a number and just say, I'm going to stay here for a little bit. Yep. I'm going to hold on to this cool. age for a bit. <laughs> uh, but Laura, since, you know, obviously this is the chosen of Valhalla. And so I've asked them to. You know, bring up some topics, something, uh, bring up some things that they want to talk about, that they're passionate about. And Laura is a huge Star Wars fan, loves Star Wars so much, and also is the one, as you all know, I call her, like, the mother of the channel. 
I call her the guardian angel, the archangel of the channel, because she takes care of me. Like, it's awesome. Like, she sent me the entire series of Star Wars Rebels. She sent me chocolate, which, again, thank you so much again for that, because, yes, life got sweeter because of that chocolate. Thank you so much Aww. for that again. Um, You're very welcome. But also, she, again, sent me the entire series of Rebels, which is amazing, and it's a great show. And she's the reason why I actually was able to watch Rebels and fall in love with it, too, because she also has a strong passion for that show as well. So, Laura... What are your some you know what are some of your thoughts on Star Wars as far as you know how your love for Star Wars started off and then eventually like mm-hmm. how it you know grew over time? Well, I did see Star Wars as a little kid in the theater. Um, only got to see it once though, uh, and you know, since like everybody else, it then became like a huge part of my life, and I really got into science fiction and uh, just read a lot. You know, I had a nice little local library that had a lot of good uh, science fiction books. That's kind of where it started. Um, unfortunately, uh, never got to see Empire in the theater. I, uh, I, don't, I don't really remember what was happening in that part of my life where I missed it. But So I saw it kind of like out of order. I saw Return of the Jedi and then later saw Empire. Okay. Uh, but the reason I love Rebels so much was I'd kind of like – uh, I didn't really care much for a lot of the prequels when they first came out, and mm-hmm. Rebels was the show that got me back into Star Wars, so okay. that's why it's so special for me. Okay, I got you. So had you yeah. not watched any Clone Wars before then? I, I'm, guessing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so out of order in the way that, you know. So uh, once I saw Rebels, it, it kind of got me inspired to get back into Star Wars. So mm-hmm. then I went back and watched the Clone Wars, and then I went back and – did all of the um, prequel novels and audiobooks. So okay, it that helped me. Uh, if you ever have a chance, the uh, Return of the No Revenge of the Sith audiobook is is one of the better books I've ever read. Yeah, speaking of other things, Star Wars related. So she also sent me a copy of that as well. And so oh, I started so on good. it and it is like, I only, I just got to, so obviously it's a novelization, so it's the movie, but you get a little bit more. And what I like about it a lot, and I'm only about maybe, a chapter in or so is that the entire space battle that happens before they get onto the ship and before they have the, you know, the, 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 you know, taking over with Doku, uh, Doku, uh, Dooku and everything like that. <laughs> I was thinking Goku and count Duke. I was like, oh, let's just combine them together. So the whole space battle that takes place, you actually get their internal monologue. You actually get their like thoughts and the process of everything. And it just adds more to their characters. And it just adds more to the relationship that existed between Anakin and, um, you know, and, uh, and Obi-Wan. And that's what I really like about it. Even just a chapter in, I'm like, I already feel like I understand Revenge of the Sith even more so than I did beforehand. And so oh, thank yeah. you again for sending me that copy because it really is awesome. It really is cool. Well, I know you have the same experience when I do. When you see a Star Wars movie, there's so much going on and you're just so lost in like the visuals and the action and, you know, how cute uh all the actors are and And you're just like well everybody's so pretty you know you you get kind of lost in all the visuals that you know the story kind of falls to the wayside Mm -hmm. um but when you have an audiobook all you have is the story Mm -hmm. and uh i love the interior uh dialogue of uh yoda when he's uh fighting the emperor i can't wait to get that part (laughs) oh god so it explains so much okay you know does the person you're just like oh. does the person reading the book does he do it a Yoda voice? <laughs> I think 
so. I think oh, it is yes. Mark Tom Mark Thompson, and he he does really good with all of the voices. So. Oh wait, that's right. I think it was Mark Thompson that you said. I think oh my so. god, guys, if you ever have a thought about, because I'm glad that you brought up the EU. If you've never read any of the EU, first off, what are you waiting for? If you're a Star Wars fan, if you want to actually have like good Star Wars stories. You're not going to get it in the current iterations, unfortunately, of the Star Wars stuff that we're getting now. But if you really want great stuff, yeah, it might not be canon in most situations. But not only read the EU, but I would recommend the audiobooks for the EU and specifically anything Mark Thompson does is top notch. And I I remember the first uh, EU book I read was the Thrawn trilogy. And (gasps) it was just I fell in love with Mark Thompson's voice because he literally becomes every character. He is able somehow to do both the male and female characters where you're like, I can see the actor on screen. He doesn't try and make it his own. And that's why I don't like, um, there's another voice actor. I think his name is something Davis or Davies, I think. Mark, and, Mark Davis, is it? Maybe It might be. Maybe they're both Mark. I don't know. But basically, he just doesn't have the same like attention to detail, I guess you could say. And so I hear him do uh-huh. some of the voices and I'm like, uh, it's not the same because you listen to his, like you listen to Mark Thompson's Thrawn and it's like so regal and deep. And then you listen to like Davies and you're just like, uh, it's not the same. It just doesn't match up. Yeah. I, I fell in love with Thrawn in that series. It's like, I want to work for him. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, he's just, he's so badass. Excuse me. He's just, you know. Yeah. It, oh, you can say ass. ass. Ass you can oh. say on the channel because, as I say before, it's in the scriptures. And so oh. it's, it's it's fine if you say ass. That's why I say ass hat. <laughs> That's the worst thing that you usually hear me say is ass hat. So. That is, Thrawn is the most wasted character ever created in the Disney universe. It's like, I don't understand why Disney didn't, I mean, even if you have to change his story, you know, significantly. It's like, find a way to get him in there because... He's just so fascinating, but uh. yeah, absolutely. And so what was, so obviously you said that the prequels kind of turned you off from star Wars rebels is what got you back. Has you, um, since you know, part of that was reading the EU, reading some of the books and novelizations of the movies and, you know, obviously Revenge of the Sith making you appreciate the movie a little bit more, you know, were mm-hmm. there, was there a first, I guess, was there any other EU book that maybe you had read previously to all of that? Because I remember that you had said that you had read some of the novels even back during, you know, uh, when the first Star Wars films were coming out. Uh, you know, obviously oh, there was yeah. that, you know, 20 years. That was like that 20 year period of no Star Wars except for the novels. So what was like the first one that you can remember? Um, the Splinter up? in the Mind's Eye book. It was pretty much the only book that they had back then. OK, um, which it, it, it uh, I have to admit, it does kind of annoy me today when I hear people complaining about you know, some, some of the Star Wars stuff that came out. It's like, I had nothing. <laughs> I had, like, the art of Star Wars book, and I had the Splinter in the Mind's Eye, and that's that's pretty much all we had. Yeah, because when did, like, the big boom really start when all of a sudden all of these books just started to come out? The 90s, yeah. The 90s? Okay. That makes sense. I don't remember exactly. So that means more that people like... know more about that, you yeah. know, than I do. Yeah. Kyle, do you have any uh, knowledge of the EU or the books and when they came out and such? Yes. Uh, so, sorry, I muted my mic so I didn't interrupt or anything. Oh, no, no problem uh, at all. So, um, absolutely. So, she's absolutely right. Uh, Splinter of the Eyes, uh, eyes Mind. Wow, oh, my God. I can't speak <laughs> this morning. It's too early. All right. Um, what time so is it where you out. are? Um, it's almost eight. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, it's okay. I've been up since like five. This is so. like, to me, I feel like I should change the, the name of this channel to Time Zones. They're a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the movie Asgard channel. Time zone. Exactly. 
Um, so yeah, that came out in 78 and then the Thrawn books came out in the nineties. I believe the first one came out in 91. I was pretty, I was pretty young when I read the first Thrawn book. Actually, I kind of read that out of order. I read the second book first. uh, Really? My brother had it and my old being, being my older brother, he's like, Oh, this is, you're not going to like this. This It's not like the movies. It's too sophisticated for you. But actually that's what really intensified my love for Star Wars. So so the Thrawn trilogy came out. I don't know what like came out next or whatever, but around the same there was just an explosion of novels. And what Thank they goodness. did with, Yeah, I know, right? Um what they did with those novels is that very much like the uh MCU, they were all tied in together. You could literally skip ahead ten books and read something and they might reference something all the way back at the beginning. So it was also it was pretty cool. I mean, sometimes they had books where they went back in and filled in like a storyline, because in the Thrawn trilogy, Han and Leia are already married, mm-hmm. but they went back in time and did the courtship of Princess Leia, and it took place a year before the Thrawn. So, I've heard a lot of good things about that book. I need to yeah, get that one up. That's the first time uh, Luke kind of went uber Jedi. So. Yeah, I'm reading up on some of, of, of Splinter of the Mind's Eye because I've actually I, this is the first time that I've actually heard of it, and it's interesting that so, it's like, that's like the first one. It came out in 1978. It was published March. The hardcover came out in March 1978, and it's a sequel. It says to the original Star Wars film. That's interesting. Yes, I I got I got so with that. Um, sorry if I interrupted. I'm no, 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 I'm really bad about that. Uh, so what it was is that the studio wanted another story that they could quickly film and for dirt cheap should star wars fail but make enough to where like it warranted like a sequel or whatever but you know and then once it became this huge blockbuster that splinter the eye its mind was just kind of like a mind's eye it was just kind of forgotten so so as okay because i'm looking at here and of course you know good old disney that good old story group has already taken care of it for us so this is actually a part of the legends so this is not this is mm-hmm. not a canonical story so that is that is interesting because based on the what i'm reading from it it sounds like uh, yeah i guess no yeah because the second and third film kind of make this impossible to happen i suppose so mm-hmm. that's interesting though i actually might want to uh read through oh there's no damn there's no audiobook oh well well i tried i tried you that's know. surprising <laughs> I guess you can actually um, you can set up your reader to read your book to you, like uh, the Amazon the Kindle book reader. Kindle, thank you. <laughs> I, yeah, because I have a Kindle Paperwhite, but it's like one of the I think it's like the second edition. So there's no way to connect any headphones, like even by Bluetooth. But I know the newer oh. ones have that capability, so I might have to look into that because that um, you know that sounds like something that I would like to hear. I I think that Mark Thompson should go in. And do every single book, anything that has to do with like the actual like original timeline that it has any like original characters, he should do them because he does a perfect Han Solo, a perfect everything. Like his range is insane, and the fact that he gave a voice to a new character in Thrawn is just wow, beautiful, wonderful. But this is interesting. I uh, and I, I like how they actually go, they go into the kyber crystals too, which is something they never went into in the actual movies. So that's interesting. Well, uh, I don't think they were actually called kyber crystals until before uh, until Disney. 
there might have been like I think Splinter of the Mind's Eye actually called them Kyber crystals. Yeah. But I never remember George Lucas coming out and saying these crystals that are in the lightsaber are called Kyber crystals. He yeah. never did that. Yeah, because that's what so, I'm seeing here is that they're called that in this in this book and how that never happened in the movie. So it's interesting just to me how, you know, all these things happen in this way. I mean, it's, it's you know, Star Wars is a fascinating universe because it's so broad. Like, as I said before, you know, you have these, you know, this first novel that came out in 1970s, the big boom happening around the 1990s. And of course, everything's been now labeled as legends and only certain things have been brought back in. But it's a it's such a wide I mean, it's a galaxy. It's a galaxy mm-hmm. far, far away. And it's so great to have, and I, and I really do give kudos to George Lucas, where he essentially said, go to town, guys. Have fun with it. Have fun with these stories. Tell your own stories in this way and just let them do it. Now with Disney, it's like everything is so, no, it has to be within this set you know, set of restrictions, which is good, I guess, if you're talking about canon and things like that. But it also kind of limits who can tell the stories, too, in a lot of ways. I wish they would uh, go back and let authors keep writing in the EU, or mm-hmm. sorry, in the Legends, <laughs> because it used to be called EU. Uh, yeah. In the Legends, and I don't think they're going to do that ever because I think it would outsell anything that Disney produces. Oh, for sure, absolutely. And uh, you know, with that, you know, still as the topic. So you know, Laura obviously you know mentioned that you know Rebels is a show that she's passionate about because it, you know, rekindled that love of Star Wars for her and just, you know, showed her, basically brought her back in to be able to experience things like Clone Wars, which is another excellent, excellent show. And, of course, the books and everything like that, you know, discovering Timothy Zahn, who I I would say arguably is the best Star Wars writer to date. There's no question. I mean, there's no question. I mean, he gave us Thrawn, so I don't think there's Mm -hmm. really much else. Like, if anyone tries to say, like, Chuck Wendig or anyone else, I'm like, well, first off, Chuck Wendig, hell no. (laughs) And secondly, um, excuse me, no other character, like, non movie character has as much of a, like, huge impact on Star Wars fans as Thrawn does. And so I don't think anyone could make an argument. But with that being. You said no one can make an argument. I'm like, well, uh, I'm sure <laughs> make people an can make arguments, but <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Like, you know what I mean. Like, okay, Thrawn yeah, is yeah, yeah. is easily like you know the bi- yeah. one of the biggest names out there, other than like the original trilogy and within the actual context of the cinematic universe. I guess you could say mm-hmm. the SCU, the Star Wars Cinematic Universe. Let's make that a thing. The SCU. <laughs> uh, hashtag it. Hashtag it. Exactly. <laughs> But uh, so, with, uh, so Laura, you know, obviously Star Wars Celebration is coming up um, in Chicago. And I know that you said you really hope that it comes to like California, uh, you know, pretty soon because then you'll be like totally there. And uh, I hope that's the case, too, because I would love to be able to go there and to like meet, you know, people who maybe can't go to the one in Chicago this year. But what are your thoughts on, you know, Star Wars Celebration? And what are your thoughts on the, some of the panels and the fact that they announced a Rebels panel, especially since Rebels was, again, uh, something very important to you? Like, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm trying not to get my hopes up that they're going to continue the rebel story because they did just kind of like leave it hanging there. Um, I, I don't, I don't understand why um, because it, it seemed like it had so much potential. Uh, I mean, especially you have a, you know, you have a Mandalorian, which is an interesting subject. And of course, you know, Ezra is a, not a Jedi yet, but it, and then of course Thrawn It's just, they just kind of like paused it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, especially with all the, I don't know if you guys know this, there's a Disney Thrawn trilogy that's, the third book's coming out this summer. 
Oh, I mean, yeah, in the in the novelizations with uh, Timothy Zahn still writing them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I it seems like from from what I've read of the two of them, it seems like they're trying to set some stuff up either to continue Thrawn's story with Ezra or to wrap it into Episode Nine. I don't want to spoil anything. It's hard to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I know absolutely because there's probably people who are like you know invested in in the universe, obviously because yeah. you know even though Disney has obviously I think kind of clipped the wings of Timothy a little bit, uh, I know that Lethal Lightning who who was on the panel yesterday for the uh, you know for our uh, League of Nations, he is a huge huge Star Wars fan and also loves the novels, and even he says like you know that the newer stuff is good, but it's just not as good. And it's probably because Timothy Zahn beforehand could kind of just let his creativity take him wherever the hell he wanted. And now he's been taken into, you know, taken in by the Disney side of things. And so now it's like, okay, here are the restrictions that you have. And maybe they probably have also been, okay, you have to talk about this. You have to mention this. You can't mention that. And so it's interesting to me how all that's kind of gone into place as well. And I see a lot of people uh, in the chat yeah. are also, you know, a lot of people in the chat are also kind of agreeing, saying, you know, like that's where Star Wars is. That's where it's alive right now. As well, but um, like so, is the Rebels panel? You think, uh, Laura, is that like the one that you're most excited for? As far as you know, yeah, news? I, I'm hoping that they're gonna. I mean, they have most of the cast there, so I'm hoping that there's some time type of announcement. Hey, I would, you know, I would take a novel or a comic book or something. You mm-hmm. know, if they don't have the money to do an animated series right now, just finish the story. Yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And where do you think you'd want to to kind of pick up from? Because they do kind of wrap up the story a bit with the ending but it also as you said he kind of leaves a lot of questions like unanswered too so like where like what characters would you really want to see the show focus on would you like it to be a continuation and completion of Ezra's story or would you like it to kind of be similar to the original series where it kind of like talks about all the characters oh I I like all of it and that's why the show is so interesting because each of the characters has like an interesting backstory um there's just so much to work with there. I don't I don't understand, especially with Sabine. I mean, mm-hmm. talk about a character that I hated when she <laughs> everybody hated Ezra. I hated Sabine. I was like, <laughs> oh, she's she's of course, you know, Ezra loves her and she's an artist and she's a munitions expert and you know, it's just like she seems so Mary Sue to me, but the more the more they developed her, she just was fascinating. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I actually liked her character a lot because I just, I love the Mandalorian minds. Like I just, anything that kind of like brings more information and more light to the Boba Fett and Jango Fett storyline that didn't really, I think, get as much attention as it should have, even like in the prequels and in the, in the screens, you know, in the, in the SCU, as I'm now going to be calling it. I think that I could it. Yeah. I could have sworn that Pablo Hidalgo said that he was not a Mandalorian. So I don't know what's going on there. But oh, wait, that Sabine wasn't a Mandalorian. No, that uh, Boba Fett was not a Mandalorian. But you know, he tweets yeah. out weird things, so who knows? Yeah, what's going it's, on. it's like, I, yeah, I would love to talk to him, but of course, he blocks everybody uh, that you know <laughs> that he can. I'd be interested <laughs> to ask him, saying, "Okay, so then why is the entire Mandalorian armor based off of you know the Boba Jango armor?" Don't try to figure it out, man. Just go right. with it. You know, it's <laughs> just try to try to smile and enjoy. But yeah, I just I that's what I'm hoping. I, you know, it's like with the nobody saw the Clone Wars thing coming. Mm-hmm. 
And I I still remember like sitting at my office crying because <laughs> I was watching it. I think I was watching Jeremy's channel as the as the trailer was going. I was just like, this is not happening. Oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> my coworkers just like, what's wrong? I'm just like, I'm so happy right now. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, but we can we can keep hope alive, you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and uh, and yeah, go ahead. I don't think we're going to see, I was hoping that we would see either Ezra or Thrawn or Ahsoka in the ninth movie. Um, but I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. I mean, the only character that, you know, out of that list that I could see them doing would be Thrawn because they have an actor that seems like they'd be perfect for it, you know, but yeah, I mean, I feel like we would probably have gotten a leak at this point. I mean, I'm sure they're keeping everything close to the chest right now, but that's I mean, me. a guy walking around with blue skin and red eyes would probably be pretty hard to miss. You know, hard yeah. to miss that one. <laughs> uh, but uh, Kyle, any thoughts on on this before we kind of switch over and talk about uh, you know your book a little bit? Um, yeah. So I'm not really a big Rebels fan. Sorry, I was listening, <laughs> but I was also like conversing with the people in the chat. So you know, <laughs> that's I was kind of like half it's tuned good. in. Um, yeah, you're right. They. Uh, a blue skin guy walking around with red eyes would be very noticeable. That's why they changed them to <laughs> yellow skin with purple eyes and no one's going to see it coming. They're going to contradict their own canon. They've just created in their books. So, you know, it's, they've been doing it. They've done it before with the last Jedi. They'll do it again. Oh yeah. Sounds I mean, about right. Yeah. yeah nothing, nothing's going to stop them from doing that. Right. <laughs> um, so as far as rebels was concerned, it was okay. My biggest, problem with it up front was like it seemed like such uh, a huge step back in animation i was like mm. what is this crap Did they run out of money it's disney um so i don't know if you go back the clone wars has really good animation and really good stories great stories and then you get to rebels to me rebels is less on the animation and the stories were they were okay. They got better as it went. That first season was kind of rough for me. I was just kind of like, do I really want to invest in this? And then I haven't even tried, uh, what is it, Resistance? Yeah. I haven't I, tried uh-uh. it either. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned the animation because I, I, I felt the same way where I feel that the animation gets better as the show goes on, at least for Rebels. But I also mm-hmm. felt the same way about Clone Wars too. I mean, I, I didn't like the animation at first and then eventually I got used to it and also mm-hmm. similar, it got better over time. And that is interesting, though, because I, you know, for my experience with Rebels, I liked it from the first episode, like from the first big major, you know, two parter that they did, like the 44. I think it ended up being like a 44 minute episode, technically, you know, part one, part two. And I just I don't know why I just felt so drawn to the character of Ezra. I thought it was just really cool to see that, to see new characters and also to see that kind of the origin story of the rebellion, you know, the origin story of all of it before anyone else was brought into the you know situation. I just love the chemistry also between all the characters and um, voice acting was done very well too. So yeah, I mean, everyone's going to have a different experience with it, I think. And I think that, you know, as you know, we just talked about, you know, you know, Laura hated Sabine at first and I loved, I, I love Sabine at first. I thought that she was a really cool character. I actually wanted more, uh, you know, more episodes about her by the end of it. And of course, you know, we have two people that like the series overall and, you know, one that thinks it's not that good and his opinion is therefore invalidated. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, so, I'm kidding. Okay. No, yeah, I respect it. I totally understand the criticisms that where you're coming from. Yeah. So that first that first episode you're talking about, uh, mm-hmm. was that the one where they had Darth Vader? 
It's been a long time since I've watched it. So Darth Vader was, doesn't come in until later in this in the show. Was that okay? That was the Siege of Lothal, right? Where he came in. I believe, right. I believe so. Yes, because I was it, just shocked that they brought James Earl Jones back to do the voice. I was like, "Yeah, oh my god, that is amazing." The one that so. got me too was so obviously you have that, which is gigantic, but then also the fact that they were even able to get, uh, you know, when basically the show because I I had failed to realize for me Rebels, I, I understood it as a Disney production, and you know Disney took over you know, for Star Wars in 2012. And so in my mind's eye, like in my mind, I was always just like, oh yeah, Rebels, you know, happened a long time ago. But then I realized, oh, the last season ended in 2018. And I was just like, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it was still going on as of like the beginning of 2018. That's, that's insane. And so mm-hmm. when I saw episodes that tied into Rogue One, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like with Saul Guerrero and them actually getting, um, oh, what's his name? The guy who did us. There's a lot of, oh, you mean Forrest Whitaker? Forrest Whitaker, yeah. So Forrest Whitaker okay. came back and did the voice of Saw Gerrera, like, mm. in, in the actual series as well, which was really cool. Yeah, it was really gotta, cool to see that. I gotta go back and watch that then. Yeah. Yeah, because at first I was <laughs> listening to the voice and I'm like, hey, that's Forrest Whitaker. That's really cool. And then I was like, oh, this ties in directly to Rogue One. That's actually interesting that they were able to do that. And they, I think they did it overall pretty well because they kind of show his his character and how he you know because in you know clone wars they actually talk with him like as a younger person they deal with him mm-hmm. as a much younger uh right. person a boy right or mm-hmm. teenager or something uh, like young that. adult i think he was a young oh, okay. adult and uh you know his so really teenager sh- yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, you know they deal with him and his sister and just kind of like where he gets his hatred and anger and you know all this emotion from and then mm-hmm. they carry that over into rebels and they kind of set that up to eventually lead to where he would be for for rogue once so i like i kind of liked how they were able to do that you know I, was, I liked how they were able to to bring all that together yeah um so i i totally missed that part i like i said it's been so long ago since i've watched it i probably should go back and rewatch it kind of like with the winter soldier i had to go back and rewatch that you know so <gasps> me too yeah. oh that's funny and um, y'all both but... realize how amazing it is now right it's better than i remember but it's still not like it's not like ooh and ah i mean it's it's good it's good it's just not one of marvel's better movies my it's it's middle of the pack i'm gonna mute the microphone i'm gonna mute the microphone now that's blasphemy here middle middle of the pack but it's you know anyways i'm getting sidetracked yeah i agree with odin that uh, I liked Sabine from the get go. I thought okay. she was kind of an ass, and but I'm kind of, but I'm, kind of I'm not drawn to personalities like that. But mm-hmm. I like people who can be crass and sarcastic and slightly rude, and because I find it humorous, you know. So I was kind of drawn to her, and I will say towards the end, I was like, why can't she just be the main character? Mm-hmm. So um, as far as Ezra was concerned, I. The only time I ever liked Ezra when he, is when he started uh, chasing the rabbit and going dark. So, but yeah, okay. I, yeah. Uh, before we uh, move into the next subject, Laura, any anything that you want to add to that? Yeah, I you know I did the same thing with Winter Soldier because everybody loved it, and I kept I, I think I watched it like three times, and you know the relationship between Cap and Bucky that that's that's great. Um, I just uh, I don't. I don't know. It just kind of dies in the middle. The first part is is awesome with the ship, you know, and yeah. the landing in the ship. 
I think but the whole it... movie is perfect, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> well, this would be the one and only time that the Allfather would be wrong. Oh, oh, he went there. He went there. Oh, man. He's lucky that the Allfather's very tired because otherwise it would it would not end well. He will kick you off his stream. I'll I tell you what. He'll do it. in timeout. <laughs> exactly. I'll put you in timeout. You can still talk here. And then but you'll cry. You can't talk in the chat anymore. I'll put mm. you in timeout there. Uh, but before we uh, move on to the next subject, just a huge shout out to a few people who have left some super chats while we started. So uh, the Price is Right review, thank you oh. for the super chat, says, "Are there EU audiobooks on Lord Hoth, my favorite Jedi?" Hmm. I didn't know there was a Lord Hoth. Yeah, he's a he's a Jedi general who led the Army of Light against the Brotherhood of Darkness during Darth Bane's rise to power. So um, is that the Darth Bane series? Then? Yes. So okay. yeah, you would have to read the Darth Bane, at least the first book. That's where Lord Hoth is in it. Okay. Um, but Path, Path, of, Path of Destruction. Yes, but I do yeah. not think that there, there is an audio book. Yeah, yeah, there is there an is. audio book in that one because I listened to it. <laughs> but I do not think that there is an actual Lord Hoth book. Oh. So okay. Gotcha. So yeah, so if you're one of that character, you can indeed listen to the audiobook. There is an unabridged version. However, it is indeed read by Jonathan Davis. That was the name I was looking for. Who, again, he's not bad, but when it comes to the newer stuff, where, or rather, like, when it comes to, like, original characters, he just doesn't have the same, you know, personality that Mark Thompson does. But I'm sure he does a fine job with the older stuff. The, um, I guess this would be, you know, Old Republic, or even pre-Old Republic. So, yes, there are audiobooks available for that that you can get. Um, let's see. Teresa Martin, thank you very much for the super chat, says, It was 1991. Waiting for each entry in the Thrawn trilogy was as exciting as waiting for the new movies. Awesome, Teresa Martin. Thank you for that. So, uh, so it looks like that big boom started in the early 90s, 1991. Mm-hmm. And, obviously, Thrawn trilogy was a big part of that. So, awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you for that super chat, Teresa. And the Price is Right review uh, with another super chat says, Disney can shove it. The EU is always canon to me. I think that that is how many people feel that they accept it. So basically there's the whole distinction between head canon and then whatever the opposite of that is. And so I think everyone has their own head canon of the EU still being a part of it and then, you know, working it out for ourselves, as one could say. <laughs> oh, I agree. I think the majority of the fans, like the like the genuine fans that have been around forever, I think they're they feel that way. To me, the the uh, now the Legends material that's always canon, and the fact that Disney steals from it so heavily it really like irritates. Yep, this out of me. and that's why you know, kind of getting what to, to you know Laura was talking about with Thrawn. I really hope that Disney does not try and adapt that story in any way that's not like going to live up to the original. You know, like I honestly believe that if Disney had been smart, they really could have taken that original Thrawn trilogy and made that the next three episodes. Yes. Like they really could. Have, I mean, and obviously that would require them to recast potentially for younger actors to play, you know, Han Solo and everything. But even if they didn't want to do that, you can still adapt the story where you just have it be set later and mm-hmm. just change that timeline. And then you could yep. still have, you know, the basic elements of the story still there, you know, maybe not as much with the, with the babies and everything, but you can still definitely tell that story, I think. And, I would have loved to have seen that instead of what we got instead, which was it's a hot mess. Like even yeah. even if you like 
you know, even if you're one of those people that likes The Last Jedi, you know, I think that, you know, hey, subjectively speaking, you can like whatever it is you want to like. You can't deny, though, that episodes seven and eight just don't work together. They just are so different. They are just like, like narratively so different that it's almost like two different movies in two different universes. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I totally agree with that. There's the dissonance between the two films. As a writer, I can say this. <laughs> Eight is absolutely terrible as far as writing is concerned. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about visually. I'm not talking about like intent or music or anything like that. The, what is written is absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. Matthew Cage would agree with you. He was the one that really you know, spent... I mean, if you've never read Matthew's stuff, like seriously, he he has like these articles that will take you maybe like 20 minutes to read because they're that thorough but he does the same way as a writing you know him having a writing background you having a writing background you know it makes a lot of sense that you guys would have a much different perspective on the movie because you'd be like what this this doesn't work this doesn't work like the point a to point b it's you can't you can't go to z and then come back to b that just doesn't work that way it's and yeah. it's interesting to hear a writer's perspective on it always and speaking well, of right oh go ahead sorry so well, the only thing I was going to say is that yeah, it, whatever characters you establish in the seventh, in the seventh installment, and the eighth one, Ryan Johnson just walked back on. I mean, like you had Hux, who was potentially a threat to Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. for you know, uh, for praise from Daddy Snoke, and then, and Episode Eight, he's an absolute buffoon and joke, mm-hmm. and it's just like. Oh my God, I'm going to get so riled up about this, but you know, the biggest, the biggest glaring mistake I'm going to point out, at least to me, was that in the beginning when Finn was, and Rose was telling Poe like, Hey, there's the thing on the ship that we need to go disable or whatever. And Poe's like, yeah, so let's go blow it up. And like, no, you can't do that. But what happened at the end of the movie, they didn't turn off the, the thing aboard and then they rammed a ship through it, which is essentially the same as like blowing it up. And magically, it's you know not going to work anymore. I mean, I just, yep. Oh my god. Yep. All right. So many, so many issues. But um, I, have, I have to go meditate now. I know. Right? <laughs> uh, while, while you cool off for a second, uh, Laura, any anything else on Star Wars before we we move over to uh, to Kyle and the the new book release? Yeah, I, I did see something recently, and it might be something that was already known. I didn't know it that um, Bob Iger had even pushed the production of. The first movie, The Force Awakens, uh, Kathleen Kennedy had wanted to delay it. She didn't feel like they were ready. And mm-hmm. Bob Iger was like, uh, nope, we're going. And, I, you know, I don't think he gets enough blame for, you know, rushing these movies through. Because they feel rushed. They feel like they haven't finished baking, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and you can definitely tell that with, you know, the first one especially. And I think that people could have forgiven that had the second one been more, you know, well-developed. And, you know, had it been a solid story and had it at least been connected, you know, as a middle movie. But instead, you know, you end up getting this movie that is written by someone who just by his own admission does not know how to write. Like he's even openly said that he sucks at writing and that's his own words, not mine. And so you have this and then it just causes chaos. And so now episode nine is going to be coming out and, you know, we assume we're getting a trailer and we're going to be getting the actual name release at celebration. So that's kind of cool, I guess. But then also I'm just like, I, I don't really care as much at this point because there's just all the air was just taken out of those sales by episode eight. And I think rushing it has definitely been a major part of it. I, I do think Skywalkers is going to be the title though. 
and mm-hmm. I I can explain why I don't. I think I can do it without spoiling mm-hmm. anything. Explain. But, okay, so um, in the Thrawn novels, um, Thrawn, uh, yeah, they show him going back in time and having interactions with not him going back in time. They go back to when he was younger, and they show him having interactions with Anakin Skywalker, uh, kind of during the Clone Wars period, and uh, at one point. He explains to Anakin Skywalker that the Chiss have Force-sensitive people, um, and they use them to kind of like help navigate in the region that, of space that they're in. It's like the, it's not called the Forbidden Region. It's uh, it's an area of space that's really difficult to navigate. The unknown region. The unknown region. Thank you. And that they call their navigators, their Force-sensitive navigators. They call them Skywalkers. Interesting. So, so it could hmm. be that that is, you know, where this title's coming from. Okay. All right. But, but that's yeah. all I have. Uh, T- <laughs> Tina is Tina is not impressed with the title. She says, uh, "What a stupid title!" If that's what it is, sorry. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm sure many people would be would be mixed on that. It just to me, it's one of those things where you look at all the titles and you see Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Skywalker's, and you're just like, uh do they really connect as much as, you know, you go back to where it was just Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and then Return of the Jedi, which, again, just it all kind of flows together because it wasn't Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, or Star Wars, Return of the Jedi. It was each one had a different name, and it was only later on after the prequels, especially, that they started to become the episode one, episode two, etc. So it's just... I like uh, The Rise of the Resistance or The Son of Darkness. Either of those was... Son of Darkness Fairly was cool. one that sounded okay. You know, it sounded okay to me, but you know, I don't know. I don't know how uh, to feel. But <laughs> but with that being said, you know, moving into you know into into Kyle because it, it's also his birthday. And did anyone get the um? Did anyone get your age correct? I don't think so. Oh, let me scroll back up real quick. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Because I think everything in the 30s was covered. So what does that say? That I am either young and look incredibly old or that I'm incredibly <laughs> old and look young. <laughs> I don't know which one it is. <laughs> I don't see any numbers anymore. So everyone re- re-enter your your uh, age. There we go. Would it help if I took my cap off so you can see... <laughs> well, just that doesn't help either because I, there are people that can you know I, I have people I have friends who were balding in high school <laughs> mm, <laughs> like that's true so I know that that's not well I mean, <laughs> so for me it's more of a choice to shave my head than mm-hmm. actually out of necessity yeah I can grow a full head of hair it's just my hair is really thin and fine so and then I started losing some in certain areas and I was like I'm not going to be one of those guys that's going to comb it over and hide from the truth and <laughs> lie to myself and everybody. So I was just like, <laughs> and it's been like that for like five years. Yeah. I'm kind I of... do participate in no shave November. Okay. So, you know, that's good. Stephanie yeah. B says forever 21. Stephanie B also said 95. <laughs> she also said like 30 or she's all over the place 25. right now. No. It's insane. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as people Damn, are... send it. Yeah, Senate I know, right? says I'm 55. Oh my god, Lord. I feel 55 sometimes, but yeah. 
I like how he says 45 or 55. It's got to be I know. one like, of the two. One or the other. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, with, you know, obviously today being your birthday, again, happy birthday. Mm. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, it's also the release day of your new book. So tell us a little bit about the book and just uh, sell us. Sell us your book. Make well, us want to buy um, it and read it. How deep of a conversation do you want to have about it? Because, I mean, I can talk about my books forever. I so. guess I guess uh, as an introduction to what the book is and what it's about and kind of the mindset behind your process, I, say, I guess would be a good place to start. Title, oh, of course, method, would be a great thing, too. Method to the Madness. Okay. Yeah. So the title is The Demon's Fates. And for, you know, some people are going to read that and be like, what in the crap? And then they see a spaceship, too. They're like, oh, great. They're going to have an exorcism in space. Um, but that's not the case. The ship, the ship's name is actually called the demon. And so it's really about the ship's fate and what happened to it and what happened to the crew. If anything happened at all. So you just got to read it to find out. But, um, (laughs) so the idea behind it. So I participated in NaNoWriMo. Does anybody in here know what that is? I'm looking at the chat. NaNoWriMo? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you don't know what it is, Odin. That's Laura, it's, it's do you a know what NaNoWriMo is? NaNoWriMo. Sorry, no. Okay. Sounds a lot like NaNoWriMo is... Nano Nano. Yeah, so <laughs> let me let me put it in the chat. I like your cover art. Who did your cover art? Uh, some artist on a <laughs> website. <laughs> um, no, so the cool thing about that is that... Um, you can go to these websites and you can actually purchase covers. So you can scroll through, like you can type in spaceship. And then that's what I did. I typed in spaceship and I browsed through like probably hundreds, if not thousands. And I started selecting the ones that really stood out to me. And then I took those five or six and then I sent them off to friends and I said, Hey, which one's really catching your eye? And everyone's first choice was the cover that I have on the book. So I was like, okay, there's got to be something special about this cover. Let's go with it. So, um, where was I before that, though? NanoRimo. So, yeah. Uh, uh, NanoRimo is a month long, um, it's a month long madness fest in which you try to write a whole entire novel in one month. 30 days or 31 days. What is it? No, January, February, March, April. I don't know. Whatever. It's 30 days. Oh, damn. So, uh, you have to write, I think. It's about, they want you to write 50,000 words in 30 days. So I think that equates to like 1,300 or 1,500 words a day. Um, so if there are any writers in here who are ever thinking about participating in NaNoWriMo, don't because it will run writing for you. Uh, NaNoWriMo is all about the word count and not about the process of the story or developing characters or anything like that. It's just the word count. The word count is all that matters. If you make the word count, then you get this cool prize and then you get this pen and you can get this for half off. And I, it's just, it was garbage. It was hot garbage. I don't know. It's, it's kind of feels like, um, it kind of feels like what Disney's doing with Star Wars right now. They're kind of rushing to get these movies done. (laughs) And like this two year window, you know, whereas Lucas did like this three year where he had that time, but I digress. Anyways. Yeah. And uh, someone asked a good question. How do you prove sticky V says, how do you prove you started writing in that month? How do I prove it or like, how do like people, people in general, like how do they prove that they didn't start writing it beforehand? You know, you, okay. So you can't really prove that. It's more of a, 
honesty type policy. Um, but at the end, what you do is you submit your word count in your document. Like you actually submit your document to them and then their program runs through and does a word count. And if you pass then they check you off on a list and then you're able to get all this other stuff for like half price or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's a big, big thing in the writing community. Um, I've participated once. I will never participate again. Uh, it just, it really did ruin writing for me. And well, anyways, so long story, let's come back to the demons fate. What I was writing during that was the beginnings of the demons fate. And, uh, the, the word count, the, like the pulse pounding pace that you got to set writing to make that 50,000 word deadline, which is not even a full novel anyways, you know, actually helped with my pacing of the, of the story. So uh, I got my 50,000 and then I said, I'm done. I'm just going to set that over there and let it collect digital dust and I'm never going to touch it again. So six months goes by and my writer's group goes, hey, whatever happened to that sci-fi you were writing? And then someone's like, I didn't know you write sci-fi. I was like, well, I kind of write sci-fi. I mainly write fantasy. So they said, send us a, send us a couple of chapters or whatever. So I sent in a couple of chapters and they all came back and like, you have got to finish this. This is really good. So I was like, okay. So I wrote the back half, uh, rewrote the entire thing again, sent it off to my editor, and here you go. Very cool. That's awesome, man. And uh, I'm, I'm was... so happy for you. Thank you. And also, I know that uh... was like a really long roundabout way of talking <laughs> about it. But that's that's kind of how my flooding goes too at times. I'm just like, let's yeah. go over here. <laughs> And uh, Super Anime Gamer asks a good question. He says, um, you know, is this book related to your previous works or is it something brand new? Ooh, very good question. Um, so it is something brand new and yet related. It is both. Oh. So I'm not going to tell you how. Oh. Uh, I'm just, there is a link. In fact, everything that I write, there is a link to my main series. So it's up to the reader to find it. Oh, so there's a universe mm. here being. Built. Yes. Yes. Well, that's fun. Yeah, it's uh, so I got the idea from a, a, an old coworker. Actually, you'll be surprised at how many people make it into novels in either a good way or a bad way. But anyways, mm -hmm. that's besides the point. Mm -hmm. um, so he said I was writing. I was writing something he's like oh you know what you should do and i was like great here's another non-writer trying to give a writer advice on what they should do <laughs> and, and then he goes stephen king makes all of his books like linked to the dark tower you should do that i was like mother of god that is a <laughs> brilliant idea <laughs> so from then on that you know from a non-writer that is the first time i ever got some really good advice so mm -hmm. uh that's what I decided to do. I was like, yeah, that's a really good idea. Now the trouble is just trying to figure out how I'm going to do it. So. <laughs> well, it sounds like what you said so far is that everything is connected. So it sounds like you're doing it. So far. So right. I, I want to do a short story like set on Earth. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how am I going to do that when this is a different planet on the other side of the galaxy? <laughs> but, you know, we'll figure it out a way. I'll figure it out a way. It's very cool. And I'll, I'll just go ahead and read uh, the uh, synopsis according to Amazon and okay. see if I can uh, get a question from this. It says, uh, so this is about the demon's fate. It says, a crew wakes up to find an alien artifact on their spaceship. 
They don't remember how it got there or what happened to their missing member. Piecing together the mystery leads to a moral dilemma that might tear them apart. Will they risk life and safety for someone they don't remember? Or will the trappings of comfort keep them on their course home? Interesting. So, aliens. Do they exist? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, are you asking me for the, for the book or my own personal view on that? Uh, yes, and. <laughs> yes, yes, and? Um... For the, for the book, for the book. <laughs> okay, for the book. Um, yeah, so aliens exist. Mm -hmm. um, they have... So they have met a few aliens mm -hmm. along the way, but that section of the universe, or, or sorry, the galaxy, they have relatively left... They don't... They're just in their infancy of space exploration it's kind of like the federation was back in kirk's time like we know that there's people out there we've seen them but we're not really we're like frenemies but you know whatever mm -hmm. uh but anyways yeah so there are aliens i do plan to write a book on the other side of the galaxy um which actually has a lot more i'm in the development stages of that so all right and what uh so from what perspective is the book written? Is there a main protagonist where it's like an inner monologue? Is it is it from like a third person perspective or it's it's a third person, but it's okay. limited. It's not omniscient. Um, okay. Head hopping within a chapter or a scene is not really. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's. I'm drawing a blank on this one word. I'm sure like in 10 minutes, I'll be like, oh, it's this word. And then yeah. you guys were like staring at me like I'm crazy. But most people don't do uh, third-person omniscient anymore. It's too confusing for mm -hmm. most people. And it's really weird. Like Dune, I think the movie Dune did third-person omniscient. Have you guys seen the movie Dune? The original? Yeah. Yeah. It's <gasps> puppies. These are my puppies. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. It was very difficult for them to transition that into the movie, though. You had a lot of people talking in their heads, and it was strange. Yes, yes, and that's omniscient. Mm. So, and oh, okay. That, yeah, so, like, when someone's going to betray someone, you know, they walk into the room, and they think, oh, my God, I hope he doesn't sense that I'm betraying this person. And then the other characters all of a sudden, like, I wonder who's betraying me. We must find them. And, you know, so... Yeah, that's that's Omni, and I don't write that. So okay. third person limited. You got several protagonists, but there's the main antagonist, which is the commander of the ship, Andrea. So, all right. And uh, one other thing I wanted to ask, because obviously, you know, I, I have I have still cop I have a co co couple copies of of the the last work that you did as well. And thank you again for sending me those copies. Um, yep. And. My question is, have you ever thought about and is there any plan to try and adapt them into an audiobook format or or anything like that? Yes and no. Um, okay. So I'm not in any hurry to do that. Yeah. I would if if I could, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. um, Kindle does have a way that you can do that. I haven't really looked into it much. I don't know if I have to pay for it. Or if they just take a really big chunk of a, uh, the audible sales or, uh -oh, or anything like sorry. that. <laughs> sorry, you were saying? No, no, no. Um, Squirrel, sorry. <laughs> Squirrel! Um, let's see. 
What was I saying? I about how they do it. It looks like to me uh, that text-to-speech is what it's called is enabled for this book. So, Yeah, so you can do text-to-speech and it's going to – she looked at that door. You know, It's going to be very robotic, but as far as a narr- uh, narrator actually reading it and everything, um, I haven't looked into that very much. Um, it is part of the plan eventually, but uh, before I do that, what I want to do is I want to start querying agents – and seeing if we can actually get this published through a publishing house, okay, to where they will want to do the audiobooks. So, all right, nice, very very cool. And uh, we'll we'll continue to talk about this, uh, you know, because obviously I think that you know it's important to try and get the word out there. Again, today is the first day of its release, and guys, also, I mean, Kindle, it's two ninety nine, man. Like, go support Kyle out. Well, here's another thing for anyone who's ha- who has Kindle Unlimited, uh, you can read it for free. Boom! So. Well, there you go. And it's 291 pages, so it's a pretty standard novel size. It's not going to drive you too crazy, and it's also seems like it's long enough to be able to develop a story, and so that's really cool. I love I love the concept of ships. Yeah. So I with that. Um, I don't know if I said what my original thought was behind the uh, the. I thought I was thinking like, what if Mass Effect and like Star Star Trek kind of blended together to make a story, and that's what I went with. Uh, did you ever play the Mass Effect games? It's long. I mean, they're kind of older movie or games. I I have not. Laura, have you played ever Mass Effect? Are you a, are you a secret gamer, Laura? I do. I played a, quite a few games, but not that one. Um, if oh, there's, man. I like the simpler games. There's too much going on in some of them. So. <laughs> Mass Effect. Shoot. <laughs> well, hey, Mass Effect, you can shoot people. Uh, oh, uh, cool. The only difference between with Mass Effect is that there's an actual story, and you, you can make decisions that affect everything around you. So, um, Mass Effect was a great, great game. So, um, anyways. I like that concept. It was it was sci-fi and it was like a blend of fantasy and so and that's what the demon's fate kind of is. Very very cool. I like that. I like that a lot. Oh, to answer so go back to what you're saying ships. So I actually explore like ship life and how long it takes for them to get from point A to point to point B. And if you really want if you I know you love math. So if you really <laughs> want to you can actually figure out how fast they're traveling. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> for all the math people out there, that's your challenge to figure out how fast they're going. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Laura, um, you you have Bob, you have your puppies. I do. We have four puppies. Mm. Um, too big and too small. Nice. Are they still outside with you? Yeah. Yeah, they're sitting here. They hopefully no squirrels will run by. <laughs> they're they're on the prowl, but no, they're they're all rescues. So we uh, <laughs> so you the the concept is is you take a foster dog into your home for a little while to help them out, and then they just never leave because we uh so that fun fun story. That's how we got River and Willow. They were both also um in a foster type system, and we love them because of that. And but it's funny because you know we got them through this agency, and it was a really good agency. And I was, I was I was always talking to Freight. I'm like, we should do that. And she's like, no, because you would never let them leave. And I was like, maybe, but they're, they're adorable. Oh, look at the puppy. 
This is Bailey, and Bailey had some pretty serious problems. We've had to work a lot with her. Um, I don't know quite what happened to her, but she was very nervous, so we have to they have to be quiet. Oh. And then this is uh, the white one. That's our princess, this Gracie, and then that's Mama. I see. You're on camera, guys. Do something cute. It's just it's warm out day for the first time in a long time, so they're enjoying the sunshine. They're sunbathing. Oh, it's so nice. Yeah, let me cut cut this camera off. <laughs> yeah, so the nice. only problem is is like the the uh, we do it through a animal rescue foundation, um, and the, the problem is is that you know they have good fosters, and then all oh, the fosters adopt all the dogs, and then they can't foster anymore. So. Yes, and, and I mean, to be honest, I think that if we had, you know, if I had it my way, we would have like 10 dogs in the house right now. So it's probably better that we don't, because as awesome as that could be, there's also a lot of implications with that that you don't think about before. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, they're, they're, yes. they're a handful. I mean, there's my, my daughter pretty much takes care of the German Shepherd, but uh, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> no, for sure. Absolutely. I can imagine. And uh, also, I wanted to get to a super chat. So, Reed Palancia, once again, coming in with the Australian super chats. Reed, thank you so much. I gave you a shout out, Reed, actually, earlier in the video that I did. It was either the one I did for Geeks and Gamers or the one I did for this channel. I forgot which one, but I definitely I gave you a shout out for, um, for, your, for the quote that you used the other day. And she loves to uh, – Reed loves to, um, you know – post uh quotes from people and so this is a quote from stanley kubrick so reed says a film is or should be more like music than like fiction it should be a progression of moods and feelings the theme what's behind the emotion the meaning all that comes later and that's a stanley kubrick quote and reed that is totally accurate for sure and I think that definitely fits into the discussion that we were having about star wars and about the various movies that they cared more about trying to get you know just peripheral stuff in rather than actually letting it be almost like music because also music itself is math is mathematical which means that it needs time in order for the equations to work out correctly and if you try to rush art if you try to rush movies guess what they're not going to stand the test of time that's why you really see it happen a lot in today's movies and i know that uh i don't think i haven't seen greta in the chat yet but greta has really talked about this a lot on her channel about how we've fallen into this sequel, prequel, reboot mentality. And now basically studios are just mass producing these empty films that mean nothing, that are going to be forgotten so easily. And we're not getting a lot of the classics that we, you know, had gotten in the past. And obviously one could make correlations to how the studio system was back in the day and that there was a similar way where they'd put out the B movies and, you know, they would, you know, do something similar. But I really do feel like Hollywood has lost its creativity. Um, by a great amount. So that's why I think it's awesome that we have Kyle on to, to talk about just his own, you know, writing an original story is I think worth, you know, worthy of, you know, commending for sure, because it's a lost art. I feel like in today's world, especially in Hollywood. Um, so Reed, thank you so much for that, uh, for that super chat, for that quote, cause it really is a good one. Also uh, disciple of death. Welcome to the channel and William Rodriguez. Welcome to the channel as well. Um, but let's go ahead and see Kyle, anything that you want to say, anything else that you want to say about the book, um, about, uh, your, the writing process for you in general or anything that you want to the people 
the beautiful people of Nazgard to know about this or maybe some other works of yours? Hmm. Well, okay, everyone, uh, get a refill, pop some popcorn. We're going to be here for a while. <laughs> so, um, so I have I have two I have two methods when it comes to writing. Uh, well, several methods, but uh, the main thing is like I write for myself, but mm. when I edit, I edit for my reader. Meaning that I'm not going to go here and chase trends. I'm not going to go write about glittering vampires because that's what's in right now. You know, if anything, I would write about I don't know. Uh, glittering demons or something. I don't know. Just, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, I would never write about that, by the way. So just rest assured. But anyways, um, so, and then, and then I have this other like folder off to the side. And I learned this from a, from an actual author. It's uh, cool things. And it's like, man, that would be so cool to put in to my book but I'm not going to cram it in there. So I just kind of file that away for later. And if I happen to make a story that I can incorporate that really cool thing, then I do. So um, what I really like doing with all my stories is I like to take things that you are very familiar with, like tropes or character arcs and everything like that, and then just turn it right on its head. And you think you know where something's going and it totally goes off left field not in a where in the crap did that come from, but more like, oh, I can see how that happens. Oh, my God, this is going to be a train wreck. And that's what I really love about storytelling. I think, and everyone, don't, don't hang me for this, but I think that had Brian Johnson made The Last Jedi in a different universe, not Star Wars with all the canon that's already there, I think that would have been a highly praised film. Because the reason why is because the hero, Luke, in this case, Jake, uh, did not go and do what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's that's kind of something similar to like, okay, I, could, I would definitely write that. But I mean, I wouldn't have done the E.T. phone in with my pajamas from the beach. You know, I wouldn't have done any of that. But um, but yeah, it's but when you take something like The Last Jedi and you, and you put it in the Star Wars universe, you, that's just... A disaster waiting to happen so and i think it has less to do i i think that i think that your point definitely has some some merit to it because i think it has less to do with it being a you know with with ryan johnson i think that basically it comes down to this where and i see some people uh slice and was joking saying hang him but think about it for a second that, you know, the reason why we hate the movie so much is because of the narrative flaws but let's say that this was a story in isolation with new characters that were not based off previous canon we probably would actually appreciate some of the things that he did because remember that what Ryan Johnson admitted to was that he wanted to subvert expectations. And there are plenty of films we can point to mm-hmm. that do that, but do it well mm-hmm. and effectively. Yes. The one that yes. I the one that I always go to because it's more of a recent release and I love it is Thor Ragnarok. That subverts a lot of expectations early on because you have a mm-hmm. speech between Thor and Skeleton. You know, <laughs> the giant yeah, the giant fire dude. And then all of a sudden there's comedy in there. And it's something that was very different from what the previous Thor films had done. Like it was almost like a pure comedy in a lot of ways uh, compared to the previous Thor films. And so it was brand new. It subverted expectations, things that happened you didn't think were going to happen. And yet it did so well without breaking the canon. So the reason why I think Ryan Johnson's film fails so much is because he tried to subvert expectations, but he did so by sacrificing story. He did so by sacrificing characters that had already been pre-established a certain way. And so people are still to this day defending how he portrays Luke Skywalker. 
and they're ignoring the fact that it doesn't make any sense that this Luke Skywalker you see on screen in Last Jedi is not the same character, is not the same person that had been in the previous films. And so, yeah. the, the, I mean, I think that, and again, that's the reason why people have so many problems with it is because they took something, they took characters that everyone loved that were invested in and tried to subvert expectations and let that be his driving motivating factor, which in and of itself can be effective, but not when you sacrifice story, not when you sacrifice anything else. And I think that is a very good point. Yeah, no, uh, The Last Jedi is not a subversion. It's a, it's a perversion of everything that mm. came before it. Um, the, the art of subversion is a great, great art. And if you can write that in a really engaging way and or make a movie about that, I think you will have, like, uh, for anyone who has not watched Game of Thrones, uh, it's been a couple of years now, so you have no right to cry about the spoiler. So, <laughs> but so, but Game of Thrones is very much a subversion of typical tropes and stories that you think they killed the main character in book one, and you're just like, what in the crap was that? So, and and I think that's part of what makes Game of Thrones really. I mean, obviously, it's great writing, great acting, and you know all that jazz too but i think the story of itself is phenomenal so mm-hmm. no i think that's a, i think that's definitely a good point uh laura any thoughts about the subversion expectations versus i think that you know kyle is right i think that with last jedi it's definitely more of a perversion than a subversion yeah it didn't the last jedi didn't hurt me quite as bad as a lot of people because after the first movie, I just kind of accepted that this is kind of like, this is not my Star Wars. This is kind of like an alternate, like what they did with Star Trek, you know, where, okay, this is obviously an, a new vision because there was no, in The Force Awakens, there were no Jedi and Sith. You know, it, it just it just it didn't feel like, I love the movie, but it just kind of seemed like an alternate alternate universe for me. So... When the last Jedi happened, I was just like, "Okay, this is it. It it doesn't make any sense, obviously." <laughs> and uh, you know, it just was such a bummer. It was such a downer. Where the Force Awakens was, you know, you got to see X wings again and Tie fighters, and um, it was so upbeat and happy. I just the the last Jedi, it just felt so hokey. Mm-hmm. It, it it was like you know somebody who's trying too hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. it just. Uh, it just, I don't know. I was I just was like, like not... they were spoofing themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Did you see the deleted scene in the elevator? No. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So bad. So, like, they're all Finn and uh, Rose and um, DJ, or don't join. Uh, yeah. yeah, DJ. Yeah. Is, they're in an elevator, and the Imperial March is playing, like, elevator music overhead. And it was just like, oh, so glad I didn't see that until now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Horrible. And that also makes sense, too, with everything else that he does with the movie. Because remember, that's how he destroys Hux. He makes Hux into a joke. He turns it into a, yeah. hello? I was distracting you. And then all of a sudden, now there's no gravity in space. Oh, but they were magnetic. Oh, well, you never said they were magnetic bombs. That doesn't make any sense. And then it's like, oh no, it's still working. Oh gosh, there's so many things. Yeah, so you could many. tell when you when you read the novelization, you could tell that they were trying to um, fix things. Where as like the other novelizations were written kind of at the same time as the movie. This one, obviously, they were they were trying to fix some flaws. You read the novelization of the Last Jedi? Yeah, no. Oh I'm, man, I'm, how was it? I don't. Uh, 
didn't help. <laughs> didn't hey, help Laura? at all. <laughs> yeah. Or didn't uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't uh -huh. I heard this in the last Jedi novelization? Didn't they say something about Luke Skywalker having a wife? There was there was this weird entry chapter where Luke is married on Tatooine. It's like he never left Tatooine. I, I, I have no idea what, I didn't even understand what that was about. It was weird. Um, was weird. I don't remember. He, they did like retcon. Um, they tried to explain why Ray was such a great pilot. They had her in a flight simulator. Because, mm. you know, it looked like Jakku had enough going on that they would have a flight simulator laying around. But oh yeah. no, do they really? That's how they explain yeah. it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And there were a couple other things where it was like, okay, that just doesn't even work. Yeah, that's a problem. So. See, like a novelization you think is just supposed to kind of like, you know, bring more context and supposed to just fill in some of the ga I guess some of the mental gaps you could say. Like for example, Revenge of the Sith. Everything that was presented in the novelization in that first, you know, which in the movie is like the first what five, ten minutes of the movie. And in the book is like maybe like 30 minutes or so. It doesn't change anything. Like nothing has changed. Like everything that happens on screen is presented in the novel. The only difference is that you get it from a different perspective because you get the internal monologue, the internal dialogue and everything like that. The problem. With, oh, well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's you know, true. And I feel like, you know, obviously I haven't read the rest of it. So I don't know if they add anything else to it. You know, obviously they can add more things contextually. But it sounds to me like both these novelizations, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, have both the desire to specifically fix problems, to specifically fix open, you know, story problems, story issues. And to me, that just makes clear that the people writing the stories, that the people putting these things together for the films are rushing, kind of going back to what we were saying before, because you wouldn't have to do that if you had a good, you know, consistent story. I'll have to tell you sometime about meeting uh, Matt Martin of the story group. Mm. I have to tell that. Maybe I'll make a video or something. Okay. That, All right. That was interesting. Guy has like no background in like writing or anything. Well, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. We've, we, I remember I did a video, I did a video cause um, it was uh, saltier than crate, which is one of the best subreddit names I think I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> For those that don't know, crate is the, uh, is that salt planet in the, uh, the last Jedi the one that is pretty much supposed to be like a winter planet, but instead of it being snow, it's salt and oh yeah. But anyway, so it says saltier than crates is, is the name of the subreddit. And they're the ones that had first posted all of the profiles of everyone in the story group. And it broke down how almost none of them had any writing experience prior to being a part of it. And it was fascinating to see that and to be like, I'm uh, quite sure you know. that Kyle probably has more writing experience <laughs> than the entire story group put together. Well, thank so. you very, very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> I think there's only one, right? I think there's only one guy. Was it? Is it Pablo Dago? Because doesn't he have a writing? Maybe not. No, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's written anything either. Okay, because I think there, I want to say there's one person, like one or two people that you're like you look to and you say, okay, they have some writing experience or some Star Wars experience, etc. So the rest didn't. The rest were just brought in. And the fact that even in the articles themselves, they basically say that they were diversity hires. Like that, you know, the first thing that they did was fire, you know, was hire female people to come in. And it was just like, okay, so you admit to the fact that you're hiring people because of their gender. Okay, that sounds like it's off to a good start. And then you look at all the other it, people yeah. and you're like, okay, none of them have experience. Okay, this makes sense, right? 
Well, I would like to clarify, I did not spend any money on these audiobooks. They're all from the library, so no uh, no supporting of Disney Star Wars as much as possible. <laughs> and I know everyone was just like, oh, I bet she works for Disney. I bet Laura <laughs> is a Disney shill in disguise. Oh. I'm not doing very well if I'm a Disney shill. So. <laughs> that reminds me, the library yeah. is indeed an amazing thing. And go support your own local library. Because you get access to not only books, but also audiobooks, because many of them are connected to, oh, what do they call like one, not, not OneDrive. Um, Overdrive. Overdrive. That's the one. So like Overdrive, a couple other places too, you get access to, and there's audiobooks that you can, you know, take out, you can listen to for free. There are also, of course, um, in many places you can get DVDs as well. You can actually, you know, take out DVDs for movies um, and also get online access to digital copies too. So go support your local libraries, yeah, the- everybody. The kid's a librarian, so she she hooked me up. Oh, I nice. had no idea. I was like, "What? Yeah, free audiobooks? Yeah, people don't realize that because you know everyone thinks of library and they're like, "Oh, it's a library." But no, everything is so crazy now. Where basically you just need to prove that you live where you do, and you can get a card, and with that you can ex- you know have access to a crap ton of stuff. You know, it's it's absolutely insane how much stuff you can get for free. <laughs> and um, I'm sure my daughter would appreciate the uh, library ad. Yeah, so. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Always support the local libraries because they don't get nearly as much, as much love and attention because it's very empty whenever we go. I haven't been in a long time because uh, actually when I, fu- when I found that out, I was getting DVDs left and right. I was just like, I need to watch this. I want to watch this. I want to watch this. But now, of course, you know, now there's so much access to most things online these days through uh, <clears throat> certain means. But mm-hmm. support your local libraries. Do it, <laughs> do it the right way. And that way you don't have to ever pay for a Disney stuff ever again because you can just get it for free from your library. <laughs> so let's go ahead and start to just maybe wrap things up a little bit because we can go on for about an hour and a half or so. We can do another 10 minutes oh, or so. Really? It's been an hour and a half? Oh, yeah. It doesn't feel like an hour and a half. Oh, my God. It I goes know, right? fast. Yeah, wow. we'll do another 10 minutes, too, because we were about 10 minutes late before we actually started the stream itself, because we were talking for about 10 minutes beforehand. So we can go for another, like, 10 minutes or so. But I guess, you know, as far as, you know, because, again, want to make sure that putting Kyle on the spot is one of my favorite things now. I want to make sure that he's able to, <laughs> you know, really support all of the, You know, I really want to support Kyle and his, and his work here. Um, I noticed that in your other work, the one that you sent me, The Bearer Secrets, uh-huh. that there, there, is some, there is some adult content in there mm-hmm. uh with demon's fate is there also adult content is it something that is meant for a certain audience or uh, okay t- so yeah. that's that's a very good question mm-hmm. generally speaking i write a, adult level content mm-hmm. you know curse words violence uh sex nudity whatever, whatever the case may be mm-hmm. anything that you would find in a rated r movie you'll find in my books okay now with the demon's fate uh you still have the language the violence there is uh, innuendo sex, hmm. but there's not an actual explicit scene of it, so it's more of a PG-13. I mean, yeah, there's no actual like, and then they got down, and this is how they did it. No, it's more <laughs> like uh, it's a fade to black, and then like the next time that you see them, they're in their room, but everything's finished. So you you got the idea. They talk about how how they did it or whatever, or that they did it, and then but there's no. Like, I don't want my 16-year-old to read this. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so you would say that it's appropriate for older teens and up? 
Yeah, I think so, because I think by the time they're 16, they pretty much know more than their parents at that point. So. <laughs> well, nice, because I know there are probably some people that are thinking about it. And uh, obviously, we want to always make sure that we have all that information out there for everyone mm-hmm. to be able to to know. Uh, but is there anything that else that you kind of want to say uh, about it? Are you, are you excited that it's that it's released? Are you? Yeah, I am, man. Uh, everyone was like, dude, you got it. You got to do this one. You got to do this one. And it was such a stark difference compared to what I normally write that I was just like, but this doesn't even feel like my novel. It feels like someone else's. So um, it was definitely a challenge and I must take every challenge and conquer it. Not only conquer it, I must destroy them. So I think that's my Aries coming through there, but yeah. So it was definitely a challenge and I was like, I will succeed. <laughs> here we are. Okay. Nice. That's awesome. Would you say that this is, your favorite book? Ooh, it's my favorite sci-fi book. Okay. <laughs> How many sci-fi I mean, books have you have? One. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if if we're talking about things for me, yes, it's my favorite. But if we're talking okay. about other other things out there, I do read some sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a huge sci-fi fan. Not like I used to be. I used to think Star Wars was sci-fi, but no, it's fantasy. So I've been reading Star Wars since the early 90s. So. Okay. But as um, far as your own work, you would say that is this the one that you like the most that you've written? Or do, is, are there, is there a way to compare? Like, you know. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, comparing sci-fi to my fantasy stuff, it's like apples and oranges, man. Okay. It, yeah. You can't really compare it. The only thing you, you can compare is the font in which I use to spell my name. So, uh, yeah, it's just they're totally different in tones, totally different in everything. So okay. you re- if, if you did read The Bear of Secrets and then you picked up this, you'd be like, are you sure it was written by the same guy? So, <laughs> Well, I guess that's a good thing, too, is, is because it shows that there's that, that level of creativity. And that is something I think that is, as we've been talking about in movies, television, uh, someone had mentioned, I forgot who it was, but someone mentioned that it's society itself that has kind of lost its sense of creativity and not just, mm-hmm. you know, not just Hollywood. If it's still up in the chat, I'll, I'll give them a shout out because I think it yep. is a very important point. And it's one that I think that is something that's really cool. Yeah, it's uh, Will Gentry who said society has lost its creativity, not just Hollywood. And I think that's a very true point. So it's interesting that, yes. you know, you're able to do that, that you're able to take a story and write it from a certain perspective, but then you're able to write a different story and you're the same person, but you're able to tell it through a different voice, a different lens. That's really cool. Yeah. And I'm not going to say, oh, that's the hallmark of a great writer. But, you know, uh, there are authors out there who who really can book to book change how they write and deliver their story. And you're just like, are, are you sure that's that's them? But yeah. then you got some other people who who write and they use the same style, but it's such like a cornerstone of them that you wouldn't want them to change anyways. Yeah. So I've read George Martin's game of Thrones and I've read some other stuff of his. And like, I read the, uh, there, he has a new TV series coming out called night flyers. And Mm. I, uh, sort of beeping. That is sorry. That is me. Uh, there's no fire. Don't worry. Uh, my wife must be cooking or baking. And uh, sometimes okay. uh, she, yeah, sometimes she sounds like a things. big truck that's like backing up. Yeah. Know? So beep, beep, beep. If I, I mean, let me see. I might have to mute my. Hmm. No, no, you're fine. I was just curious. I, ba- I barely heard it. So I'm kind of deaf anyways. <laughs> so, um, 
but yeah, he he's coming out with a new TV show called Night Flyers, and it's a sci-fi. And I read that; it's a short story. I read. It. I don't know how they're going to turn it into a series, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and it was totally, totally different than his Game of Thrones voice, and I was just like, I don't like this, and I felt really bad for saying that because Martin is such a great writer. Maybe it was just maybe I just went in with my expectations set at Game of Thrones because that's what I first read of him, and mm-hmm. I was you know, but. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe maybe I just need to read it again. So, uh, it, then again, it was written a really long time ago by him. I think it was this late seventies or early eighties when he wrote it. If I'm not mistaken, I could be mistaken, but okay. That's so maybe he just hadn't found his voice at that time. I, I don't know. Yeah. So. And also, uh, thank you for people in the chat. Uh, apparently, it's not too loud for them. So thank you, Mad Mitch, for letting me know. Because if it is if it is too loud, please let me know. Because I can obviously mute my microphone, at least for the people. You know, Because obviously, uh, for those that don't know, the way that I have it set up is because obviously I got the Hangouts window. Sorry, I always forget the, my directions over here. There we go. I got my Hangouts window over here. And they're hearing me through my uh, webcam microphone. And you guys are hearing me through my actual uh, my Blue Snowball microphone. And so if it was too loud, please let me know because uh, obviously, you know, and don't worry, don't, there's, there's, uh, you know, according to my wife, everything is fine. Um, but she appears not to be able to get the. <laughs> just fan it, just fan it. <laughs> but one of the biggest Pull problems. The battery. One of the biggest yeah. problems that we have is that in our kitchen with our oven, we don't have a, like a kind of like a smoke ventilator because you know how like most ovens and most, you know, you know, stovetops. And now my dogs are in here and so now they're upset because there's something beeping and they can't get to it. Um, but usually you have kind of like that thing that sucks out all the smoke and everything and takes care mm. of it. We don't have that. So pretty much any smoke that comes off from anything that might be even slightly burned stays in our house. And so you have to like Forever. open up the windows and everything. It's this whole thing. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so if anyone says that the uh, beeping is too bad, please let me know. Uh, Super Flyers asked a question. I mean, Super Flyers. Super Anime Gamer asked, didn't Night Flyers get canceled? I don't think so. I think, man, anything with George Martin's name on it is probably selling mm-hmm. right now. So it, it could – no, I think it's a sci-fi, uh, to be honest. I think it's going to be on the sci-fi channel. So okay. I could be wrong. Uh, I readily admit that I could be wrong, but uh, I don't think so, man. All right, and I'll go ahead and just I mean, look, I'll look that up. Um, we also got like five Game of Thrones shows coming out. So, I mean – yeah. I seriously doubt anything with his name on it is getting canned. So, according to this, it was an hour. Night Flyers, it had a 6 out of 10 on IMDb, Seasons 1, 2018. So, it may have... Oh, they already came out with the season? Looks like it, at least, unless unless it's something different. It may only be one season long, one of those special, like, season things. Because it's like a novella. It's very short. Yeah. Well, it's not like very short, but it's pretty short, and uh, that's why I was like, they turned that into a series. How? So yeah, apparently, they did. oh, hey, sorry, those dogs. Yeah, they're they're like, oh, we're trapped in here now, and it smells like. It also explains why, because I have um, I have seasonal asthma, where every year during allergy season. I get some breathing issue. Sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's something. Uh, this year has been a pretty, I would say, a like heavily mild but i started having breathing issues like like within the past 10 minutes and i was just like why and i'm like oh it's because of the smoke now 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 it all makes sense and yes everyone sees willow behind me yeah she's uh she's my little couch pup she loves to sit in the orange chair and and look all cute and stare into everyone else's souls um but 
but with that being said, uh, you know, Laura, um, obviously we've been talking a lot about Star Wars, but is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or is there anything with Star Wars that you maybe wanted to mention? Oh, no, I'm super excited for the DCEU right now. Uh, Ooh, not the, yeah. the yeah. Oh my God, the Shazam was amazing. So without spoiling um, anything, uh, what can you tell us about Shazam? Because for those that don't know, Shazam had an early release last weekend. Um, it was in a certain number of screens, and it made three point three million dollars. So it actually did very holy cow. Yeah, it did well, and so uh, apparently, when they had done something similar for Aquaman, Aquaman had made like two point eight or two point nine. So there are some people speculating, could this mean Shazam will be as successful or not? And of course, there are some people saying, oh, well, it was in more screens for this movie versus this. And there's differences in, you know, the the way that it's viewed. Obviously, women went out in droves, or at least, you know, Tina and Steph went out in droves to go support Aquaman because of Jason Momoa, because they love and are obsessed with Jason Momoa. (laughs) Um, So, you know, maybe it won't be the same with Zachary Levi. But as far as the movie itself, just based on your own uh, because you are you yourself viewed it. Do you think that it's good? And if so, do you think people should go support and see it? Oh, definitely. It, I, I just have a feeling that it's going to do... Um, I mean, it's a better movie than Aquaman. Oh. By far. And how dramatic and heart-touching it was was what was surprising to me. Because, I mean, you, you look at the character design of Shazam, and, you know, he even admits, he's like, this is ridiculous, you know? <laughs> he's like, I didn't get to pick my costume, okay? But <laughs> it, it, it was... I, I never laughed so hard in a theater. And people, people beside me were just like, I did not expect, you know, what this... They just figured it would be, like... Um, big but a superhero movie uh so much more dramatic and and so much funnier and the villain was great and you know there's there's really i really can't think of anything negative to say which is something for me that's awesome yeah that's great (laughs) and I, i like that you mentioned the villain because mark strong is one of my favorite actors probably working because he's very underappreciated he plays some of the best villain characters and the fact that he was able to be a standout in that awful Green Lantern film that came out with Ryan Reynolds, he was the one that everyone said, we want more of. He was the one that played Sinestro. And most people agreed saying if there was any saving grace to that movie, it was Sinestro played by Mark Strong. And so if they ever... I fortunately never saw that movie. So I'm well, kind of glad I haven't. You're fortunate that you haven't. But I will say this much yeah. that if you were to see it, it would be worth it to see his his portrayal of Sinestro because I honestly hope and believe that if, and when they reboot Green Lantern for the DCEU, that if they decide to bring Sinestro as a character, I hope they bring in Mark Strong again, because he really is great as a villain. Oh, he's a puppy. Uh, he's a puppy. He is so great as a villain. So Shazam is good. According to Laura, which is awesome and exciting. And, um, I guess uh, as far as anything else with uh, Star Celebration, what do you think I should do at Star Celebration Chicago? What would you like okay, to see it, me do? The one thing I want you to be careful of is mm-hmm. if you buy your badge secondhand, mm-hmm. um, you might want to check with how you're supposed to register for the panels okay. because I'm not sure if you're going to need the other person's email. And You don't. So, um, so uh, I, I can tell you this much because actually I have my uh, – I have my pass right here, actually. Oh, fun! So, um, and unfortunately, Ray's on the cover, but you know, I, I have no control over this. But um, yeah, uh, so actually, uh, uh, Jeremy had g- gave it to me when he came in town, when he drove me into the s- middle of the city, and 
made me feel very, very anxious. Um, as sure many of you have watched on that stream on the Geeks and Gamers channel. Uh, but one of the things cool is that you go online, you put in the code, and you register your pass. And so my pass is registered to me. So it hadn't been registered oh, beforehand great. or anything. So it's my nine name, my email attached to the actual card itself. Um, I don't think the app is active yet, at least not that I have saw. So once it's active, I know that's when you can start to you know sign up for um, various uh, panels and such. So you were saying just... I, I- yeah, yeah, I think going for the episode nine um, mm-hmm. panel would probably be best because that's on Friday, mm-hmm. and then the I think the Rebels is on Saturday, and you're leaving Sunday, so okay, cool. Um, yeah, because I've never again. This is my first for those that don't know. I've never been to a con ever. I've never been to a. I think there might be like a mad bum rush to get into nine, so you might want to go Rebels first. I mm-hmm. don't know how it works as far as you yeah. putting in your bid. Yeah, I must say I don't. I don't know either. That's why I, I'm just gonna. Just figure it out because I'm sure that I'm confident because they're using digital. It's going to be a giant mess. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm confident that they're going to be some like issues and and some errors and they're going to let more people in than they're allowed to. It's going to be a whole hot, hot mess. But I guess it's also better than waiting hours in line, too. So I I guess it's a lot of people were saying that if they they knew that if they slept on the floor, most of the time they knew they would get in. So now you have people buying passes to go and mm. not really sure if they're going to get on the panel they want. Yeah. I mean, it, it sucks to, to sit there for two days, but at least you know you've got in. Yeah. No, you know? absolutely. And so it's one of those things where it's like I'm excited because of that. And so definitely if I can, uh, the two that I would like to get into would be Rebels and would be uh, Episode 9 because obviously, you know, I want to at least be able to talk about the the name of the trailer, I mean, the trailer and everything else as they release. I'm sure there's also going to be a way that – you can watch it because I know that this year they're apparently doing some type of like maybe I misread this, but it sounded like they were doing some type of digital lobby almost where nice. you can access certain things and certain feeds if you can't actually get into a panel. So that might be a way that they're able to get around it because maybe if I can't get into the actual hall, I can still at least see what's going on. You know? With- yeah, I know Neurotic was. Uh- Gary of Nerdrotic was saying that they used a similar system at one of the cons that he went to recently, and it was a cluster. Yeah. So. Yep. Let's fingers crossed. I, I hope there's a there's an authors panel at some point, but I think that's on Sunday. Oh, um, that would be because because uh, if Timothy, I think Timothy Zidon is supposed to be there, maybe. And then there's a tattoo contest. There's a um, of course there's a cost. There's always a cosplay mm-hmm. contest. Um, I think uh, Warwick Davis was doing a panel on something. Okay. Uh, yeah, I actually haven't looked. I need to, now that I actually have it, I need to actually look into the days and if they're, you know, the, the, the breakdown of the days to find out what, because also I don't know what Jeremy, because I'm going to try and, you know, stick around with uh, Jeremy and the Geeks and Gamers crew because obviously I, I, I have social anxiety and so it's going to be nice to be there with people that I actually know and that I actually <laughs> recognize because um, otherwise I'll just be like, you know, I'll just be going like, uh, um, uh. I'm sorry. Oh, it's, um, yeah, it, it looks when you see the pictures, there's just tons of people. Oh, God, so yes. I, can, I, I can understand. I was like, yeah. Well, so, the bar that you guys are meeting at, the Patty Max mm-hmm. place, there is seating outside. The bar okay. itself looks kind of small, but yeah. um, if, you, if you Google map it, there's some seats outside. Yeah, and I have a, I have a feeling it's going to be insane, too. So I'm going to see if I can possibly just get a water or Shirley Temple and just, you know, sip on it all night. And uh, luckily, though, the good thing is that uh, I'm so happy, like, seriously, uh, that Gary's going because 
you know, Jeremy's <laughs> Jeremy's straight edge, but so is Gary too. So it's just been cool to have like two people that I can be like, all right, cool, we can you know hang out and you know do stuff together. The the actually the biggest concern I have, to be perfectly honest, is Friday is a Friday during Lent, which means I need to find food that doesn't have meat in it in Chicago, where I don't. Oh, think I'm, I'm they... sure the bar has fish and chips or something. Mm, okay. I mean, Hope it's a so. pub, so yeah. Yeah, mm. you should be good there. Yeah, the menu's online, I think. Um, oh, I'll have to check it out then, because that will definitely yeah, yeah. be helpful. Because <laughs> I was kind of like, um, oh god, I'll be traveling and everything, and now I've got to find out in a city. And so that means if anyone's going to be trying to buy me stuff, uh, save the pizza for Saturday, because I am not going to eat anything else other than pepperoni pizza on Saturday. Mm, that's because that's the best pizza. It is actually not it even should... double, triple quadruple pet pizza is the best pizza <laughs> <laughs> it should be the only pizza what other pizza do you need i mean seriously yeah uh, tina says chicago has seafood i just never knew chicago as a seafood place though that's why I, I was like oh god are they gonna have you know some options that aren't you know mcdonald's that sounded a little condescending there tina <laughs> <laughs> chicago has seafood by the way <laughs> now you should be fine i'm sure they have something well because it's an irish pub okay. right yeah. so it, yeah they should have something for catholic awesome awesome that's good yeah yeah has yeah, an yeah. all you can eat fish fry on friday says g monkey what all right perfect nice yes g monkey's like nice. we have everything in chicago awesome well are I could... you going to the uh, galloping ghost arcade what is that oh galloping ghost arcade apparently is like the world's largest old school Ooh. arcade yeah i've only been to chicago once in my life and oh, it's it like was... 15 minutes from where you guys will be. So, okay. So check it out. At least as like, as a teenager, I think I was there when I was like a kid. I don't remember that. But as a teenager, <laughs> I went on a college search. I think it was for my brother. I went to with his, with him a college search and it was snowing. And it was beautiful. But otherwise I haven't been to Chicago. It was interesting, but I am excited because, yeah. you know, obviously as those who've been following the channel for a long time know, y'all are the ones that helped kind of raise the money for my little, you know, uh, vlog camera. So I'm very excited because I'm actually going to have a reason to vlog, and it's going to be insane. So I can't wait to be able to share that footage. I'm going to try and bring, I'm going to bring my laptop so that way I can, you know, upload the footage and try and get some, you know, some stuff out to you guys, you know, for on the days and everything on the on the over on the Welcome to Asgard channel. But I'm excited. It's going to be fun. And oh, G Monkey, awesome. G Monkey, yeah. fish fry, all you can eat. That sounds amazing. And I guess I didn't realize that. I guess Chicago does have a pretty decent Catholic population, so that does make sense. So. Oh yeah, the, my um, my Joanna's uh, it's complicated. Joanna's birth family. Yeah. Uh, because she's adopted is from Chicago, so we have tons of family out okay. there. Um, which is one of the reasons why I'm not going. <laughs> 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 because if I go to celebration, they're all gonna want to see me, and she's got like a county full of of oh, family. Yeah. So I was like. <laughs> I can't make it. Sorry. Won't won't be able to avoid them. <laughs> yeah, and they are Catholic too, so okay. that's yeah. There's there's a good Catholic representation on there. Okay, awesome, so awesome. Okay. You're gonna have so much fun. I hope. I hope. I'm I hope. so excited. I'm I'm excited to meet the people. I really am. I, I'm so excited to meet. I know that you know Adam Shawhan's gonna be there. Um, it's oh really? To, yeah. Oh, cool. It's gonna be great to meet him and you know finally meet him in person. And I know there's a bunch of other people that are gonna be there. G Monkey yeah. looks like G Monkey's gonna be there, so I can't wait to meet G Monkey because he's been a part of the channel for a while too. And also, of course, oh, huh, huh. squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. squirrel. <laughs> and you know, obviously, you know, I think 
I've said this a lot, and it's almost like I've got a man crush on the dude, but in all seriousness, Gary Nerdrotic's channel has become, like, one of my favorite channels. Like, I am a fanboy of his channel. Like, no lie. I listen to his stuff every single day. And what he did for me on Friday, like, he was the one that got all those other people together, including, like, EVS and such. I'm like... Really? Yeah. It was his idea. He was the one that was like... That was so sweet. And I'm just like... So he's he's an awesome dude, and I, I someone someone mentioned in the chat that he got to Italy safe, which is awesome. Glad to hear that. Um, but I'm so excited. I, I'm glad he's his channel is doing really good, and mm-hmm. I I was glad to see that because now he can dedicate more time. Yeah, you know, to it. Absolutely. But he's yeah, he is awesome. Him and Mecca Random were the oh, first couple channels. Yeah. Yes. So I don't know I don't know if she's going or not, but oh. if she's if she's in the area, that'd be cool to meet her as well. Um, the one that actually it's funny because. Uh, we were talking about how all of us are going, and the one that I'm actually, I'm concerned a little bit for safety, to be honest. Not gonna lie, for all of us, because obviously there's a lot of people that like us, but there's also a lot of people that don't like us. And everyone knows that when you're in a crowd, it can get sometimes you know easier for things to happen. So I'm not worried necessarily for myself, but I know that we've got some other uh, YouTubers that are coming um, who aren't nearly as bulky as maybe a me <laughs> or a uh, Jeff or <laughs> so I, I have a feeling that we're going to be like an entourage and we're just going to be like, you know, that's what's great about this community too, is that we support each other and I don't yeah. want anything to happen. And so, um, but it's going to be nice to know that we have, you know, support just in case some. Well, person... you know, you know, if anybody touches Anna, you know, like EBS or go, go for full uh, New Jersey on them yeah. and, you know, <laughs> And Jesse can take care of herself. We know that. Yeah. So Ab- absolutely, absolutely. Just everybody watch each other. You know. Yeah. Everybody watch each other's back. Yeah. No. Yeah. For well, sure. Well, there was a stream, Odin, that you guys had where you guys were talking about putting Anna in the middle <laughs> around. And actually, that's a really good idea. Like, I mean, she is really tiny. Uh, yeah, she- so. I don't know. It- Anna seems to me like the kind of person, like, if you pushed her, I think she would just, like, go, you know, berserker on somebody. I can, oh, no, I yeah, can for see sure. That. Yeah, I absolutely. can totally see that. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but obviously, you know, you, you do, you know, especially when you talk to them, you know, talk to everyone, you know, in the chats and the streams and everything. You, you, you care a lot about them, so you want to make sure that everyone's as safe as possible. So, you know, when, and, and then, of course, you have to look into the size and everything. And she's definitely going to be the smallest among all of us. So, yeah. Yeah. I, think I think Ivan can fight, too, right? Ivan, yeah, Ivan he's got has training. some martial, he's got some martial arts, arts training. So, yeah. for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely be, you know, as someone said, you know, we're going to be in a pack and it's going to it's going to help out a lot. And uh, hold on. Uh, Peabody says, you want to borrow some magpies for air cover? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Just, just try to relax and have fun. I, I don't like crowds either. Yeah. I, I know it can be stressful, but just you know, you, you got a lot of people there for you. I'm so sure you once, yeah, I'm sure once I'm there, it's gonna be fine. But it's uh, and it, Ruthie will be there. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Thank yes. goodness. That's right. I guess <sighs> once I'm there, I'll be fine. Once I'm there, I'll be fine. <laughs> uh, but uh, Kyle, so yes. birthday, still your birthday. Yep. Happy birthday again. Thank you. Do you want to have all day to birthday. celebrate it? Do you want to reveal your your age? So I'm starting to celebrate now. This is my glass full of vodka. Oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm not <laughs> it's saying it's a lot of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> if that was the case, I would just left it in the ball or something. Yeah. No, man. Yeah, it's too early. It's it's still nine thirty in the morning. So, Let's say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, okay. So I don't. 
I don't remember anyone actually getting it right, but there it is without so you guys can guess better. So can you give me can all right, so can you give is are you in your thirties? I am between twenty five and forty five. Twenty nine. Definitely, look, definitely looks like she's about to go crazy. Get us the age. Twenty nine. <laughs> J. Roar. I said between twenty five and forty five, not fifty five. Twenty eight. Twenty seven. Twenty six. Twenty six. Twenty five. Twenty four. Twenty three. Twenty five. All right. So it's not that. Thirty. Thirty one. Uh, H. C. F. Wesker got it correct. Thirty seven. 37. I was close. I said 35 the first time. <laughs> I can guess age sometimes. Alexander says you're 16. Happy 16th birthday. Sweet 16, Dude, to Kyle. If I could be 16 over again, <laughs> knowing all that I know, if I could go. Oh, hmm. Dude, trust me. As a high school teacher, I look at every single day and I'm like, oh, the things that you guys just don't realize. Ah, to go back in school with knowledge. Ah, so many different things. So many. You know, I. If I could go back to that age, I think I actually might apply myself in high school. <laughs> I was just kind of like, I was just like, I have to be there. I have to do this. And I cannot fail because uh, that means I'll be here longer. So, mm-hmm. uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy, uh, happy, uh, happy 30, happy 37th birthday. Thank you. Thank That's you. awesome. And uh, also, congratulations on the book release today as well. Hopefully, everyone's gone to check that out and either to buy it or to bookmark it and uh, to get a sample maybe and to to see if it's something that you might want to read further into. I would, again, support our guy, support our channel, support our friends. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Uh, And so, uh, yeah, they can do a download sample. I think it's like 10% of the book or something mm -hmm. like that. And if you cannot figure out whether you want to read it within three chapters, then maybe I filled as an author. (laughs) And Stephanie, thank you again for posting a link to the Kindle. And you were saying earlier that it's available on Kindle and that the paperback should be available soon, but there's just been some processing issues. So, yeah. So with with the Kindle, you can do a pre-sale now, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a great function. So I had that stuff ready and on there like 10 days ago, but for the paperback, you cannot do the pre-sale. And if you put, push the publish button too soon, it'll actually come out before your pre-sell. And if you mm-hmm. do it too late, well, then you have something like this. So they have up to 72 hours to approve it. Um, I don't know why they need 72 hours because it's the same <laughs> file. So, But yes, if you want to wait for paperback, if you're a paperback lover, yes, it will be available. It's going to be $9.99. And if you, you want to get an ebook copy as well, that will be after you buy the paperback. That will be dropped down from two ninety nine to ninety nine cents. So, also if you got Kindle Unlimited, you can read it for free. You get to read it for free, but I still get paid. So it's boom, great. there it is. That's awesome, man. Well, congratulations again on the birthday, on the book release. Uh, please keep me posted. Thank you. And let me know if there's anything that I can do on my end to help you promote it. Uh, actually, I would say I post. Go ahead and do like a tweet or something, and then I can you know retweet it. That way, I can try and get you know. Okay. I don't have I don't have a crazy amount of followers, but you know, hey, I think every bit helps. Every bit helps, and of course, I'll put it in the um, I'll put it in the Discord as well, since I have the ability to tag every person in the post and such. That way, again, we can get as many people as possible. Jay, were asked, are you going to have a hardback copy? 
So Kindle or Amazon does not offer a hardback copy of the of it, but it's like a six by nine uh, paperback. It's like a it's like the tradeback size. So it's not like your rack spinners that you get at the airport that are like you know like five five inches by like seven or something like that. Okay. So it's a pretty it's a pretty decent size. Cool. So and and my first one's also a six by nine. I get, I make them so big so it drops the price. Uh, and that way I can get it to readers cheaper. I, I hardly make, I make pennies on the dollar, uh, when it comes to paperback. So, and no one's, no one's really going to take the chance on an indie author. If he's asking $17 for a book, you know, that you absolutely know nothing about. So yeah, I try to get it way, way down. Yeah, and Viper makes a good point, and I I totally feel like you know he says I don't like digital books uh, like video games and movies. I like holding physical versions of them. I definitely mm-hmm. have it. You know, I feel that like to an extent. As you can see behind me, I've got you know this giant. Well, actually, you can't because the uh, Hangouts window. Look, you can see the bottom portion of it, but you you see it all the time. So I have this giant shelf of Blu-rays. So I obviously I love physical media because it, it, not only with Blu-rays do you get better quality than you know streaming, but also too you also it's just it's something great about holding it in your hands. And I definitely feel the same way when it comes to you know books. However, because of my ADD, that's why I'm drawn more to things like audiobooks because it's just easier for me to sit in the car driving to listen to the stories and and to pick it up that way. Because if I have to sit with a book itself, it's just so hard for me sometimes to focus on it. But uh, and so, but I'm glad to know that we can do a text to. I'll have to try that out. The text to uh, to speech figure, uh, speech text to speech feature and see if that's able to you know translate it pretty well for the most part. Um, yeah. It's, it's the only thing is it's going to be slightly robotic, but mm-hmm. you know I have I have one of those on one of my softwares that I have. So like when I'm editing, when I'm done editing it, I'll go back and actually listen to the whole chapter because sometimes even when I'm editing, I don't catch things and it's hearing it when they say like I don't know choose and chose. You know sometimes you get those mixed up. It's really easy to, and then when the text to speech is like. Blah, blah blah choose blah blah blah. I'm like no that's not right so hey it's i like i like it not a lot of people do so yeah yeah absolutely and a lot of people are are saying that they definitely agree with with everything and sticky v no i do not own vinyl and that's because i'm like i'm very weird with music so i like it but i'm not like a music connoisseur and so that's the reason why I don't own. I I do know and recognize though that vinyl is the best way to own music because of this the pure quality that you get with the sound. But I do not own any myself. My dad is a big uh, big vinyl person though. And one of the things that was sad was during Katrina, some of his vinyls got damaged. Um, but luckily he was able to salvage some of them, and I know that he was able to replace some of them as well. But um, one of the coolest vinyls he had was actually as a Jethro Tull. Uh, I was saying this the other day, Jethro Tull is one of my all-time favorite bands. And if you don't know, there's a song called Thick as a Brick. And the song is actually 44 minutes long because it's got different movements to it. But it always comes back to like the central theme of the song. And it's its own album. It's its own vinyl because of how long it is. And so that was one of the ones that he has. So it's it's really cool. And then uh, Rannick says, nothing goes over reading a good book and enjoying some mead to go with it. Don't you think? Well, uh, if I drank, probably. But uh, definitely I can – there's a part of me that wishes I could just like have that, you know, sitting in a comfy chair, you know, curled up with a nice book, you know, and enjoying all that stuff. I wish that I could do that. But unfortunately, that is just not in the cards for me sometimes. But anyway, uh, Sarah Johnson just joined the channel, so welcome to the channel. Guys, uh, Laura and also Kyle, thank you so much for joining me on this stream. I had a lot no of problem. fun talking to you both. 
And thanks for having me. Absolutely. And uh, any any last minute things, any last minute shout outs that you want to give, uh, Laura? Start with you. Any any shout outs that you want to give, or any other things you want to say? Uh, yeah, I'd like to shout out my wonderful wife who just walked past me with a corn and tri tip, putting it on the smoker today. Mm. So that, that's going to be my and baseball apparently is on. Yes. What's your team? Oh, we uh, the Oakland A's. Okay, I can respect the that. The Athletics. I can respect that. I'm a Red Sox fan, but I do like the Oakland. Uh, what? Uh, I, okay. Unsub. <laughs> unsub, unsub. He's a Red Sox fan. How dare he? Uh, the reason why is because my brother actually went to Boston U. And so because of that, my first ever Major League Baseball game was in Fenway Park. And I fell in love. I was just like, oh, my God, this park is amazing. And ever since okay, then, I, I've been a fan. So. I, I do understand that because yeah. I do love my, – my daughter was in uh, – massachusetts for a while so i do love boston yeah so, so ab- yeah <laughs> understandable uh kyle do you have a team kyle's muted sorry yeah i muted myself so i don't interrupt and like if there's a loud car coming by so um are you talking about baseball yeah not really oh uh, don't guess. buy his book don't buy his book everybody no, no he's not a baseball no. fan how dare I, he <laughs> Huge baseball fan. I used to play baseball when I was younger. Okay, nice, nice. And then when I grew up and I learned about football, I was like, yeah, football. Being in, <laughs> being from Texas, football is religion. So Oh, that's you know. true. Louisiana shares so, in that as well, so I understand. Um if I had if I had a team, it was back when Nolan Ryan was pitching for the Texas Rangers. Mm. So I guess that's my team. Okay. All right. So. That's, re- that's respectable. Uh, and Laura, anyone else you want to shout out or any uh any links or uh, your Twitter, anything? No, I, I, I don't have a channel, but uh, yeah, what is it? Uh, I don't even know my Twitter handle. <laughs> I think it's it's a short story. I think. But yeah, say, it's a short story. But say yeah, because there there's two, but I know there's one that's like uh, the public one. So yeah, at it's a well, short you, story. Yeah. There we go, and I'll go ahead and post you know, that. like every six months I rage, you know, every six months I rage quit Twitter and then I start a new account. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead and follow uh, follow Laura on Twitter. There's the link right there. And uh, thank you very much again for for being on on the stream with me, Laura. It's great to have you on this time. Yeah, this was fun. This so was fun. I'm looking forward to uh, next month's hangout as well. Because for those that don't know, we every month have a Patreon hangout with my chosen of Valhalla. So Laura, thank you so much for being one of them and for, for you and Kyle for both being so supportive of, of the channel. And uh, Laura, again, especially, you know, not just with patron, but also just with being truly the guardian angel of this channel and just keeping care, you know, taking care of me and sending me chocolates and uh, beardaments and rebels <laughs> and everything in between. And of course, I, I have... Voltan. I mean, Voltan, the dive. true, the true dive, the true, you know, the hero of the channel, Voltan. Uh, so thank you. Oh, again. <laughs> You're so easy to please. That's the thing. It's just like uh, Hawkman. There you go. <laughs> I know, right? When I got that too, I was just like, oh, this is perfect. This is perfect. Because now I have a reason uh, and excuse to, to quote that movie every single stream. So, <laughs> so there you go. So thank you again. And Kyle. You're welcome. Any any uh, last minute things you want to say or anything you want to shout out? Obviously, I would sh- you know shout out the book, shout out any channels or uh, contacts of anything that you want. Okay, um, well, we've already shouted out the book, so I don't I don't want to keep <laughs> hounding and harping on that. So what I will do is that uh, I will shout out 
anyone who has met me over the last 37 years and has survived that encounter, you are a strong individual. And for all of them that turned into alcoholics, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's great. I, I think that's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, I want to... I, probably my family. I, I don't. I probably there don't give go. them enough credit. You know, um, I, I wouldn't trade them for the world. They're all crazy, though. <laughs> Not as crazy as me. I, I I own the crazy. But what is family um, without them being crazy? I mean, come on. I know, right? No, but it's a big family, you know, and many siblings and many parents. And uh, oh, you know what? I was supposed to tell you a story about that painting. Do I just wanna, remembered that. Do you want to tell the story as I grab the painting? Uh, if if you want, I mean, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I just remembered that, so I was like, oh my god, I forgot to tell him. Um, so, um, but yeah, so anyway, I think I'll, I'll give a shout out to my family. Uh, you're all amazing, crazy individuals. So yeah. Here is the painting. Yes. So, um. Odin, as you know, at least I think you know, I'm pretty sure I told you, uh, my mother passed away recently Mm -hmm. uh, in October, October 30th. So uh, at the time, I was living in Japan, and I had to fly home. Uh, I didn't make it in time. She passed before I landed in Texas. So um, on the day of her funeral, so let me back up. I painted, I had this, this voice or this nudge saying, Hey, you need to paint with your mom. You need to paint with your mom. Um, that's the one thing that me and my mom really do share is painting. Uh, I started painting last year on my birthday. Uh, and I painted a painting with her and it was very similar to this one. And I painted with her via FaceTime while she was in, uh, not the hospital, but a, a doctor's or a, like a rehab thing, uh, recovery area. And she says, oh, I like that. Let's call it Blue Suede Mountains. Hmm. So my stepdad, he, uh, he told me when I got there, he said, uh, that was the last painting you did with your mom. I want that. And I said, well, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to part with it. But I will recreate it for you. And so on the day of her funeral, after it was done, we laid her to rest. Uh, we went home and I painted this for my dad. And, you know, he obviously he loves it, but uh, he scanned it and make sure to preserve it in case the original got destroyed. And that so that is a the first printed version of Blue Suede Mountains, too. So, wow. Well, thank you again for for sending it to me. And uh, absolutely. uh, Thank you for telling me that, because now, of course, you know, it just. It's beautiful. It has a lot more meaning. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's Thank beautiful. You. It really is. And uh, everyone in the chat saying as, as so, you know, saying as such, saying it's simply lovely. It's a sweet tribute. And I totally agree. And uh, thank you for sharing that with me as well. And Absolutely. Uh, of course, my heart goes out to, because I know that, you know, there's a lot of people who I know. And that's why I love everything that's been happening. You know, I, it's, you, you step back for a second and, um, you know, you, you, you think back and you think, you know, I think back on the channel and I think back of, you know, where we are now and, and how, how it's been going. And, you know, many people here have been with the channel for a long time. Like you, you two especially have been with us, you know, have been with us for such a long time. And it's just in, insane to me just how many good people there are. 
and how they all have found like how we almost have all just found each other and are so supportive of each other and the fact that people are willing to share just you know you know this and to share their stories and to share you know the difficulties going on uh maybe personal issues that they're dealing with it's just it's amazing and i it's one of the reasons why i just continue to you know it's the reason why i get up at 6 15 in the morning to do a stream (laughs) yesterday and do you know get no Mm -hmm. sleep and everything it's because everything that this community has been and has done has just inspired me has pushed me to be better and has truly impacted me and um so thank you man for for sharing this with me and thank you for sharing that story with with us as well and again it's just it's it's truly amazing and um to all those who are here with us still uh thank you and for all those people who've asked for prayers i'm still praying for you i pray for you guys every single day because there are a lot of people uh there's and for example you know one of our he hasn't been around in a while but um one of our patrons uh enrique evangelista i know that his wife was struggling with cancer and he shared that with us he shared that with me and i think about it every single you know and that's just that's just one of the many stories that i hear and so i I pray for you guys every single day because i know that all of us go through stuff all of us are going through things and it's just amazing you know it really is that all across the world and we all come together and uh it's awesome so, Kyle, thank you very much, man. I really do appreciate Absolutely. that. Absolutely, you're very welcome. And now I know, I know, I just shouted out my family, but now I'm going to throw one of them under the bus. Uh, <laughs> so you should have gotten that in December, man. Uh, that's when you should have gotten that printed version. But my my dad, he's a little he's a little slow on the ball on getting it out. But you know what? He he is uh, faithful and determined, and he did get it out to you. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, man. I do. I mean, again, I think that, you know, the fact that it exists, I think is, you know, the important thing. So, and I got it, I got it. And now it's, yep. it's definitely something. And I, I still, I have not forgotten. I'm going to, uh, cause I think you wanted, you wanted Anna to check, take a look at it as well. And yes. I think that, oh, yeah. you know, I yeah. think that, you know, that's something that I can definitely, definitely do. And, um, yeah, awesome. you're thank awesome. You. you, Laura. Awesome. And, uh, Laura, Laura, you still there? Oh, yes, I'm still here. Sorry, just Great. listening. Great. Uh, and so thank you both for being here, for, for being supportive of the channel, for just being awesome, awesome people. And uh, also, of course, got to shout out the rest of my patrons as well. So huge shout outs to A Grey Jedi, Adam Shawhan, Albertus Magnus, Aman Yosef Marcos, Delete System 32, Dion, Edward Coleman, Enrique Evangelista, Entertainment Hacker, Frank the Tank and the Shawhan Wiener Dog Clan, Harold Francis, the Hunka Chunka Funka Monka, Inflame Wood, It's a Trap Productions, Jason Clark, Jeffrey Toon, Jonathan Jerembeck, Laura Story, who's with us right now, Matthew Kadish, Mr. Peabody, and his evil twin, Outpost Dyer, Kyle, who's with us right now, Perpetual Punster, Projar Sarif, Proper Jeremy, Darkstar57, Shenglong, Sir Lance Alato, Teodora, The K-Man, The DJD Show, Those Two Ball Guys, Tina B, and Wolfgang Lange. You're all my patrons. You're all beautiful, amazing people. Everyone in the chat right now as well. You are all amazing as well. Thank you for your support. Thank you for supporting this stream. I know that it's a Sunday. I know that YouTube has not been sending out notifications for some reason because YouTube is broken, but we carry on nonetheless. And thank you again to Kyle and Laura for being here. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk for a little bit after the stream ends as well uh, before I uh, 
head out for the day. But for everyone else, thank you so much for being here, for joining. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. And I think that, you know, I think Kyle helps kind of end on a good note where, you know, if you have family, do something special for them today and in, in, in honor of this. So thank you guys. And as always, God bless.